You know, Ben, yes. I'm a regular human just like everybody else. Average Joe. I put my pants on and I don't think a fucking thing about it. Yeah, sure. One leg at a time? Maybe. I don't know. All right. Do you think about when you put your pants on how you do it? I mean, I usually go right leg first. If you do left leg first, it feels weird. I've, man, it depends on the pant for me. Really? Now, yeah. I must not be a regular human. Oh, I'm so glad. Because I thought this, and then I thought, Ben might have a different answer. So I we do. definitely got to get, get into this. Who's the weird one here? It's got to be me then, right? It's got to be me. <laughs> the saying is, I put my pants on one leg at a time. And honestly, with shorts, I put them on two legs at a time. I mean, if you're seated, I guess that's yeah. an option, I suppose. Yeah. With jeans, I get it. But shorts, put your damn feet in there, pull them up. Hmm. Right? This is a mystery. Now now you've really got me curious here. Because I'm not one of them ambidextrous pants putters like you are. One of them weirdos. <laughs> that's true. I do, I do go both ways when it comes to pant legs. We got to get people like you your own <laughs> island to live on and leave us yes. normal pants wearers the hell alone. Don't influence my children. I'm teaching them to put on their pants right leg first the way my daddy taught me. You know there has to be some child out there who has been scolded for putting their left leg in first. Oh, I'm certain. That's the devil's leg. <laughs> you are not to do it that way, son. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. Welcome to the Welcome. newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the podcast with different pants opinions, left and right. <laughs> he was the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be having ourselves a good old lengthy, long and lethal chin wag Ooh. about the howling from 1981. But first things first, we got to catch up. We got to crack a cold one. And we got to have ourselves a nice little vi- vacation over there in that preview palace. Mm-hmm. If you want to get straight on to the movie review, then uh, there's a timestamp for you. Spoilers. I like this movie a whole lot. Yeah, I like it pretty well okay. All right, all right. So uh, we're going to be spoiling it and shit like that, too. This is not a movie you want spoiled for you, in my opinion. There were some twists I did not see coming here. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's that's accurate, for yeah. sure. So don't mm-hmm. let us spoil it for you. If you like a werewolf movie, I recommend it. Yeah, this one for sure is that and has some of the uh, best werewolf transformation scenes. Hell just yeah. awesome werewolf design, so. As soon as we're done... We're going to go fucking to the gym and just get shredded up because our workout cycles have aligned. Yeah. We're both on push day today. That's true. We're pushing. We're going to go uh, lift a weight. We're going to take it and we're going to uh, push it push away. away from my body. Get away from me. Get out of here. Every time I do a bench press, I actually scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> it, I bet that would help. Honestly. Yeah. And also too, my other workout tip here is on push day. All I do is I listen to Push It by Salt and Peppa on ah, repeat. Push it. Push, push it real good. good. I like that part of that song where she says something about like, come over here and give me a kiss. And if you don't, I'm going to get pissed. Oh. Yeah. I didn't remember that line. That's pretty bad. <laughs> you know, there's some solid rhymes in there. Some <laughs> solid rhymes in there. What are you going to push away from you? Are you going to do a bench press? I'm going to press a bench. Now, I know you think that's the most satisfying exercise there is right okay i like it a lot but i will say cookie press more fun okay yeah yeah, yeah. cookie presses are <laughs> very fun very festive fun. very festive i and i agreed with you when you texted that to me i agreed with you because it's like yeah now you've but, gone changing your mind and turning your back on me again well, here's what you two timer yeah listen to me you're gonna I, you're gonna hear my argument and you're probably gonna agree 
The overhead press. Overhead press. Yes. Barbell overhead press. And here's why. Because you're doing all that pushing, get the hell away from me. Yeah, get away. But you also end up with your arms up in a victory pose. A winner is me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. I can see the appeal there. Solid contender. One yeah, of those yeah, two yeah. is is number one. That I is just, true. Because with, with the bench press, you do not end up in the victory pose. No. No, you don't. You end up. I mean, I guess if you were laying down and wanted to indicate victory, that is how you would do it. Right? Like I think this. so. Yeah. Not oh, like above your head because people would be like, what's he doing? Yeah. He's not celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a third dimension. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. <laughs> I think that's right. You know, I, I lifted 135 pounds above my head, Ben. That's a lot. That's so like a me in college. There, yeah, anybody out there weighs 135 pounds or less, I can just throw you up above my head. I'll press you overhead, young man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How you been doing this week, man? Great. It's been great. Uh, summer's been awesome so yeah. far. It's not even summer yet. Nope, sure. But here in the feels South, like it. it my feels God. like it. Yeah. It is hot out there. Yeah, I've been having a good time uh, going outside a lot more. Are you and playing in the hose? <laughs> yeah, just uh, having, <laughs> having my wife <laughs> hose me down in the yard while I run around and giggle. Run through the sprinkler and yeah. stuff. Yeah, just the awesome. good times, man. That would be fun, honestly. <laughs> I would love to do that. It's been so long. You know, that's one of those things that like, you're never conscious about when the last time you're ever going to run through a sprinkler is. Yeah. I didn't think about it that At way. At a certain age, you like the concept of a sprinkler coming on near you is frightening. Yes. Like, you're like, I do not want to get wet. Uh-huh. Yeah. My personal effects and devices, yes. I say. All of those things. Yeah, my things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it kind of yeah. stops being fun there for a little while. But when we were kinder kids, Ooh, that boy. was just a way to have yourself a good time. Yeah. Get wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I've been watching a lot of things. What you been watching, Ben? Man, I have not been watching a lot of things. I've been pretty fucking busy this week, so I've only had time to watch a few things, starting with a movie called Kinky Boots. It's from the UK. Okay. It's one of those movies that like, I had heard about a million times, and I knew of people that liked Kinky Boots. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. Apparently, the movie came first, then they made like a musical of it, I believe. Okay. It's a fun little movie. I don't know what it is. It's but it, just a feel-good UK That title romp. sounds wow. Oh, man. You know how stuff from the UK sometimes just makes you feel good? Yeah. It's one of those. Okay. Okay. Just a good time, man. So, so I recommend it. I worth checking watching it out. All right. We also watched Here I Am, the Dolly Parton documentary on the Netflix. I, it, how oh, was it? Oh, 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 oh. it was Did great. they finally expose her? Yeah, they exposed her. Yeah. They're like, actually, she's a nice person after all. <laughs> it was great, man. Seriously. Like, if you find yourself on the other side of history than Dolly, and you're like, I'm doing the opposite of what Dolly did, you're probably doing it wrong. Probably, yeah. Do what Dolly does. WWDD. Do what do- yes. <laughs> Not even funny. what would Dolly do. Yeah. Just do what Dolly does. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably pretty good. WWDD works out, too, because then you got double Ds in there. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, damn. <laughs> talking about boobs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a large size. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's why yeah, it's yeah. it's like funny. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a dude joke. You know? Oh, yeah. It's one Only of men jokes. would get it. Women yeah. don't think about boobs at all. No, ever. never. As far no. as I know, I don't think right. so. Do they? No, probably not. All probably right. not ever. Only other thing that we watched this week, because we started watching through that Falcon and the Winter Soul Dyer. Oh, yeah. He's he's dire than the others. Oh, much soul more dire. dire. He's a soul dyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like maybe four episodes in, mm-hmm. not loving it. It's bad. Okay, so you didn't like it either. No. I, I was like wondering it. if this is one of those things where I would be in the huge minority because I also 
didn't really get into Civil War and oh, um, I'm Winter Soldier. Super into Winter Soldier. Okay, Way see, into it. I never really got that into those two movies, so mm-hmm. I was thinking like, well, this show will probably be about like those. I'll probably think it's okay, but I've just not really enjoyed it's, it very much, man. The message they're trying to get across here, I'm not certain what they're trying to fucking say. What they're trying to say is that leftist extremists are bad and moderate everything else is great and that the Falcon is uh, Barack Obama. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's it. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. He fit. I mean, not to ruin it for you if you're going to finish it, but the he basically solves everything with a, a 20 minute namby pamby speech. Oh boy. Yeah. Where nobody really gets anything that they wanted exactly. Yeah. Great. Where n- and no solution is actually found. Just basically, he's like, we should find a solution. Mm, how inspiring. My fellow Americans. <laughs> yeah, because like in the series so far. You're right. You kind of have these left-wing extremists that are doing terrible things like, you know, providing food and Mm -hmm. vaccines to really underprivileged people. Yeah. And And then acting completely different than type every once in a while to prove they're bad. Oh, yeah. Sure. You got to do something really bad every now and then. Uh And uh, you have America that's just like, that's bad. People shouldn't get assistance. Yep. And I'm kind of like, okay, so where's the the point in here where they're going to have that turnaround where they're like, actually, these people do need these you know, vaccines and food. We should be helping them. That that's Does that happen? That happens in the sense of Sam saying that that should happen. Okay. Well, that's it. All right. He says it should. <laughs> but the the show tells us that it's not both sides here. It's only the left are bad. Sweet. And then everybody else is You know, they're trying to figure it out. They're doing their best. All right, man. Mm -hmm. How inspirational. It's shitty. It's really bad. Not loving it. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel obligated to watch it just because, you know, everything's interconnected with Marvel and shit, so. Yeah, I kind of want to. That's why I watched it. Continued uh, past, you know, episode three, I think. By that point, I was like, this is there. But I continued with it. Like, okay, so what are going to be the lasting implications of this? And really, it is just that Sam is now Captain America. Oh, boy. That's it. Shocking conclusion. Yeah, they could have just made Sam Captain America. Yeah, you could just skip all that stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, On the bright side, though, I will say, like, the cool thing about Marvel doing these, you know, series and stuff like this Mm. is they're still super high quality and everything like the movies. They're not, you know, cheaping out on or anything. And I would be super pissed if I had to watch, like, four two-hour movies to tell this story. Oh yeah, that would suck. I'll be fucking pissed. I'd yeah, be like, it wouldn't I be worth it. Go watch another one of these. Yeah. What is this part four? What? Yeah. I don't care. So it would not be worth it. It at is all. nice to be able to stay home and watch them yeah. fifty minutes at a time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not exactly loving it, but no, yeah, I'm that's all I've had time to watch, man. Nothing is nothing really uh, too life changing. Well, despite the fact that I've been uh, hanging out outside a whole lot and just uh, walking around with my dog, enjoying the yard, enjoying the weather, nature. I've also been watching a whole lot of movies. You know what I'm saying? I watched that Wolf Cop sequel. Okay. Another Wolf Cop. I want to know about this. We mm. did Wolf Cop last week on the show as part of mm. our Howling at the June. That's right. Um, and of course, I, I did enjoy it very much. And I was yeah, wondering how the fun. sequel holds up. It, okay. So we were saying in the Wolf Cop episode, like, I don't know exactly what a sequel would be. Yeah. Because, you know, the first Wolf Cop, despite being fun, is kind of thin. You know, we the 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 middle of the movie is great. Yeah. And then there's, you know, some kind of slow bit. Uh, the sequel, I I did not know what to expect, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what they brought into it. Like, Kevin Smith 
has a role in it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it it was not what I was expecting, and I I definitely enjoyed it. I won't say too much about it, but he does snort moon rock. <laughs> Snorting up some moon rocks, yeah. dude. Yeah. I've had a dream of crushing up part of the aggro crag and doing lines <laughs> with it, and that is like right up there with it, honestly. <laughs> That'd get you fired up. Yeah, right it would. There. A little aggro crag, butt chug a monster. Hell yeah. yeah. You're ready for something extreme. <laughs> I also watch Jurors. Jurors. Yeah. It's about that time to watch Jurors. It's the summertime. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's earlier than July 4th, but uh, I really wanted to watch it because I haven't seen the sequels in a long time, so I want to try to watch the sequels this summer. D- they're generally not good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've never but, watched any of the sequels. None uh, of them. So we, I should at least watch two. You this should. Year. Yeah. Well, if you're going to watch two, you got to see three because three is something. All right. Maybe I'll just take all three of them on then. Take them on. Did that uh, Kittner boy die still? They still killed the Kittner boy. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It, um, Fuck him. It didn't get bad to me at any point. It's still awesome. Yeah, I love Great Jaws. movie. Great movie. Yep. Also watched In the Heights. I don't know what that is. Who's that? Well, you keep uh, uh, telling me to w- watch that Hamilton, and I'm not so interested in it. But in the Heights, I was like, okay, I'll give Lin Manuel Miranda a shot here. All right, then. All right. It looks it looked fun. It's bright. It's summery. Uh, and so I watched it, and it's a blast. Fun Is it time. a musical? Yes. They musical. sing at you. They sing a whole lot. And hey, I- we're in the Heights. We're so high up here. We ain't on the ground no more. Yeah. Well, that song was, yeah. I mean, they they sang that, but they kind of like they mumbled it under a different song. But oh, that was there. Okay, that was there. But definitely worth the watch, though. It 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 it, it convinced me to watch Hamilton, but it also convinced me what I'm in for watching Hamilton, which is a whole lot of sing talking and i hate it a lot of sing talking in there yeah, they gotta I, tell you about it they'll sing it at you though yeah i mean as much fun as i had within the heights i also hated a lot of it because i just <laughs> don't like that i don't like it just say the fun. words just say the words say what you mean and then have your musical numbers like don't have the every like telling the story through i mean Usually it sounded natural enough, but a lot of times you're trying to slam a bunch of exposition into uh, some bars and it just doesn't, it sounds so unnatural. Yeah, so fucking suck it, Steve Soderbergh. I know you listen to this. He does. Hell yeah, you do. <laughs> Steve, are you talking about Sondheim? Yeah, exactly what I said. Soderbergh is not involved with this. Yeah, that's what I said. That's why I said uh, yeah. Sondheim. Well, I think Sondheim does it better Soderberg. than <laughs> Soderbergh. <laughs> He's a director, <laughs> Steven Soderbergh. Um, well, fuck him too. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take you all on. I think Sondheim's better at it than Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, like slamming a whole bunch of stuff into real quick bars. But yeah. I I don't love it. Still, I'm just not not a big fan of it. But uh, the movies uh, in the Heights is fun, enjoyable. Just an idea. Mm. It's been a little while since we had a smear campaign. Of course, we defeated Delilah years ago. Years ago. No contest. Never heard anything about her. I'm just saying, what if we challenged for the title belt of the Tag Team World Heavyweight Championship? Uh Uh-huh. What if we did a tag team cage match with Rodgers and Hammerstein? Who would win? (laughs) Oh, we could take them. We could fucking take them. They're dead as hell. Yeah. No contest. Let's have a casket match. Oh, we already won. <laughs> You're already in there, bitch. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you. Yeah, Rogers and Hammerstein. We're we're coming for coming you. Coming at you. Yeah. Uh also, we did have the ice cream Sunday. Ice cream Sunday. Yeah, you you came up with too good of a title. It had to happen. You're welcome. So. Everyone, you're yeah. welcome. And we watched Slumber Party Massacre 3, and John Latour quickly reminded me we'd already watched Slumber Party Massacre 3 on a screaming chat, and I did not remember it at all. (laughs) Even while watching it again, I was actively forgetting it. It's the most (laughs) forgettable movie. It's racing itself behind you as it goes. Because, like, Slumber Party Massacre 2 has a dude with a guitar with a drill on the end of it it's like, fucking amazing dude it's insane and then slumber party cut massacre 3 is like uh yeah so there's also there's just like a rich crazy kid who has a drill but like really know. like they totally undersold this time yeah like why? way undersold after that second one why would you go that low key exactly it was bad so yeah not worth the watch they blew it but then this one the letitia mcdade sent us this and asked for our opinion a movie called the special yeah sorry she said that we need to check it out and give her some feedback on it. yeah okay so i haven't gotten to see it yet i don't i'm not gonna say anything because you have to see it without any knowledge of what's gonna happen going blind i will say when you start it some of the acting is not top notch and and whatnot but i think i think the writing and the directing despite the fact it's obviously low budget is is solid okay i don't want to say anything about it it's complicated it's complicated it's complicated i'm not okay. sure what it's trying to say it might be trying to say some things it might be trying to say some other things but i really need some more perspectives on it hmm. so it's on Tubi. okay it's i mean it, it's it gonna horror? fuck you up yes it okay. is gonna fuck you up a little bit, probably. Really? Yeah. Just based on stuff that usually fucks me up. Yeah, but maybe not. Maybe not. D- but watch it. I really want to know. And anybody listening, watch it. Tell me what you think. I huh. I gotta know because like I'm my intrigued. brain, like there are a thousand ways I thought it might be going, but the way it ends up going was not what I. Thought. Not even one of the possibilities. No, not even kind of in my mind. So check it out. Okay, well, you've got me interested now. Uh, I am intrigued, and I guess I'll have to give myself yeah. a little view of that thing right Hell there. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I can't get any further into this show without moistening my mouthpiece. I got to moisten that thing. What yeah. do we have here to make our mouthpieces moist? We have a ooh-la-la pink lemonade city water hard ooh, seltzer. Ooh, fancy boys. This is made in collaboration with Run the Jewels. Oh, like Jewel, like the the folk singer? Yes, yes. I like was Jewel meant the... for you. Yep. She made a hard seltzer, huh? She did. She finally made a hard <laughs> seltzer like we've been asking for years. People have been claiming just, yeah, you know, they've been asking for it for years. But yeah, this, uh, this uh, Roger brought us these the other day when, when he was down. And I am super excited because, I mean, it's just a hard seltzer. Yeah. I, I want to know why... Run the jewels would collaborate on a hard seltzer, and what they would make one taste like. I bet it yeah. tastes like um, the opposite oh. of the one percent. Probably doesn't taste nothing like a one percent. I'll tell you that. Now I know this is supposed to be lemonade, but it kind of smells like tequila. See, to me, it smells like a chewable vitamin. Oh yes, like yeah, it yeah, smells yeah. like a it's mm-hmm. a fruity chewable vitamin. Yeah, yeah, yep. You know, that's exactly it. Wow, I gotta get a taste. See of what that. that does for you. Now it's not got any sugar or gluten in it, so you won't taste no gluten. 
That's a fucking solid hard seltzer, man. Yeah? Yeah. Are you a hard seltzer boy? Um, okay. Yes and no. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it that's is. It's got some, like, tartness to it. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. I don't mind that at all. 140 calories, which is a White Claw's uh, 12 ounces, 110 calories. So you're getting about the same. Yeah, this is a big old pint cup, too. I'd much Um, rather have one of these. For sure. So, yeah, when it comes to, like, White Claws and stuff, uh, the plain I can have, the flavored ones, same problem I have with flavored seltzer waters. Chemicals. Yeah, it just tastes like chemicals to me. But also, you can just buy vodka and seltzer, and you have that yeah homemade white claw yeah so i make homemade white claws all yeah. the time <laughs> i use my original recipe frequently yeah. all the time this is this is really good this is really really nice i do like this quite a lot good for skinny boys like us refreshing as well fucking skinny that, like, boys good lemony flavor yes it does mm-hmm. i enjoy that thanks so much roger for dropping those on us some good old tasty buddy beers to have on the show we're gonna be seeing that boy here pretty soon he's coming down to knoxville mm-hmm. maybe we hang out a little bit maybe I don't we know. hang out maybe he maybe he talks into a microphone with us no maybe he do into a microphone right into it dead center dead center right into it we maybe even record the vibrations Whoa. that go through the cord we could try that let's do it all right maybe we do we'll <laughs> find out soon enough now steve we're talking about the howling today which is a movie that has a what wolf, when wolf, Where who wolf, werewolf. And I got to tell you this, it's one of the finest werewolves I've ever seen. And yeah. I've seen a few in my time. Yeah, this design is great. You know what? There's some other werewolf designs out there that are great. And there's other ones that aren't great. That's Maybe true. we talk about the ones that are great and ones that aren't really great in the preview palace. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Welcome to the preview palace. Wolfpack oh. edition. Wolfpack. Too sweet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're going to wait that werewolf Wait here that werewolf. In the preview palace. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about some classic werewolf designs, talk about our likes and dislikes, and we're yeah. going to rate these things on a scale of, what's the, what's the New moon to full moon. New moon to full moon. Yeah. That's how we're going to put these things mm-hmm. up. Let's just go ahead and get one of the obvious heavyweight champions out of the way. American werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. Designed by Rick Baker, that yeah. motherfucker. You know what they say about Rick Baker? What's he they, fucks. Oh, definitely. Rick Baker absolutely. fucks. Rick Baker fucks. Uh, yeah, American Werewolf in London, one of the uh, absolute great transition scenes ever. Yeah. The final form is amazing. Just all, all of it just is awesome. I mean, you know, uh, discounting the rest of the movie, which I also love. Hell yeah. Just looking at what Rick Baker did with the werewolf. To me, that's like top notch. Yeah, like, absolutely so, man. This and uh, American Werewolf and the Howling, both I think are full moons. Right there at the front. Yeah. I totally agree, man. Yeah, the design and stuff of the wolf in American Werewolf in London, I love so much because it's quadrupedal. It's not yeah. a bipedal. Mm-hmm. It kind of crawls on the ground like that's a wolf cool. might. Yeah. And um, I love too that you never really get a lot of full on shots of it. There's that shot of it down at the bottom of the subway tunnel and stuff, right. the stairwell rather, mm-hmm. that looks so fucking sick. The transformation, like you said, yeah. is obviously incredible. But God, I love how the face looks. It looks so fucking mm-hmm. wild and ferocious. Like, whereas other, you know, like classic Lon Chaney Wolfman and stuff mm-hmm. like that, there's still a lot of man in there. Uh, that design that they did in American Werewolf just looks like a savage, uncontrollable beast yeah and i wouldn't want to be anywhere near it no not at all not at all but what do you think about the design 
of them werewolves mm-hmm. that we saw in a little movie that we've covered here on the show that features a whole lot of witchards and wizards. Witchards? Witchards. Witchards and wizards. Witchards and wizards. Yeah, a witchard mm-hmm. is a, a, a warlock named Richard. <laughs> As we know. Yeah. I'm Richard. I'm a warlock. I am a witchard. Hello, I am a wizard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it works. It features a whole lot of magical people as we talked about, turning into animals and clearly fucking each other all the time. Yeah. Having weird, crazy animal sex. That's right. Be sure to listen to our episode on Harry Potter 3 and the Prisoner of Ass Cabin here to on the show. hear about that, yeah. Yeah, the crazy sex lives of the Animagus. They mm-hmm. get weird. Of course they do. What do you think about the werewolf design in that movie, Steve? Ooh. Uh, spindly. Spindly, yeah. I mean, maybe that... I get, I get maybe what they were going for. But it just turns out to be not intimidating at all. It, yeah. It's just off-putting. Yeah. Like, what happened to that dog? Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. look hungry. Yeah. Give that boy a milk bone, I say. <laughs> Every time I see him on there, I just want to give him a, a nice mm-hmm. steak, maybe a little uh, Caesar cup of, of wet horse meat or whatever is in those fucking things. Wet horse meat. <laughs> yeah. Feed that thing. Now contains wet horse meat. Mm, now with more wet horse meat. Mmm. <laughs> Yeah, like, I like the fact that it's kind of lean and it looks hungry. Yeah. I mean, if you got a werewolf chasing you, that's bad. If you have right. a clearly very hungry, amazing right. werewolf chasing after you, that's very bad. Yeah. That's very, very bad. So I like what they're going for there. And, you know, obviously, it's a kid's movie. They're not going to make it look, like, too Actually fucking scary. scary. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that was kind of a miss for me, yeah, man. Yeah, for me. How are you going to rate that thing? Yeah, I, I think that's about as close to a new moon as you can get. Yeah, new moon in it, huh? Yeah, because it, it's just not intimidating. The CGI looks bad. You know uh, what? I'm going to call it a waning moon. Ooh, it's waning. It's kind of like ah, on the way out, you know? Gotcha. Now, what do you think about the existence of a wolfman's nards? <laughs> well, they that? definitely do exist, as we discovered with Wolf Cop. They also have wolf <laughs> well, yeah. dicks. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> now, that's a transformation right there. What do you think about the Monster Squad's wolfman? He's got a kitty face. He has a kitty cat face. Yeah. He has no, like, you know, big snout yeah, no or anything like that. Or anything. He's got the flat face, which, as we said in Wolf Cop, Works. can work yeah. if you're leaning more towards man than wolf. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the thing is, the wolf man in, in, in Monster Squad isn't intimidating. Yeah. But, again, as you said, it's supposed to be a kid's it's movie. It's a kid's movie. So, like, does it work as in a kid's movie? I think it works fine for the movie. Specifically because then you don't have to have some sort of like elaborate transformation scene since you don't have the budget for it. But because you don't have those things, not really a cool werewolf. I get it. Just a guy in a fursuit. Pretty much, man. And you know, the thing about it is, is like, even though he is kind of like a little bit more of a cuddly werewolf Mm -hmm. in this kid's movie, so he's, you know, not supposed to be super scary or anything like that. That's a really fucking tragic, sad-ass werewolf. It's just it like, is. please, I want to die. Yeah, the whole please movie, he's so sad. <laughs> like, he just yeah. wants to die. Yeah. Like, that's truly a werewolf curse. Like yeah. This is not like, I'm powerful every full moon and shit mm. like this. This guy is like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. I transform and I spit milk out of my mouth. I tear my clothes so up. I'm going milk. through so much clothes. Fuck it. I, I want to I die. gotta go, man. Yeah. <laughs> Take me out. It's a sad-ass werewolf. It is. Yeah. But he does get kicked in the nards. So and he does. I mean, for me, that, that at the very least, that's a quarter moon. He took on, one for on the, the way team. up. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think you're right there. 
What about last week's show? We did Wolf Cop. That's quite uh, a wolf. I, I love that design. I it's, do too. it's silly. It's ridiculous. It is. I mean, it could be intimidating if you were to run into somebody who looked like that. Though the movie and the tone, it's not very intimidating. Yeah. But it looks great. It's a good functional werewolf design for a talking werewolf yeah. man. Yeah, that's a rare occurrence as far mm-hmm. as I can think of. There aren't a whole lot of talking werewolves. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we'll talk about one here in a little bit. But Maybe we do. Yeah, but uh, in, yeah, specifically the way they made the design work so that he could talk and just do regular cop stuff. And bone a lady. It works great. Yeah, and have sex with bone a person. Down. Yeah. Yeah, totally. like the American Wolf in London is not going to bone down on any lady. No, no. At least well, no lady I'd bring home to mom. Right, yeah. Yeah, I might, I might find a lady who would be into dogs, sure. That's, yeah, yeah. That's uh, no fun for anyone. No, no. Don't do that. Uh-uh. Dogs no, can't just don't. consent. No, just don't yeah. do that. Uh, <laughs> Wolf Cop, but I love the design in Wolf yeah, Cop. It's too, not man. like maximum frightening, but it's probably up there like a three quarters moon. It's on the way to the full moon. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's right there. I mean, just a little crescent of shade on that mm-hmm. thing. Now, one that I directly saw as being influenced by the Howling, because this is the first time I've ever watched the Howling. Yeah. Um, I went back through my memory banks and I was like, man, that werewolf in the Howling sure did look a lot like them werewolves. Over there in the dog soldiers yes. from the UK. Yeah. yeah very, very much. very much heavily influenced. Now, obviously, in dog soldiers, they had the ability to kind of show them more full body yeah, and those because weird, they the, like, legs that they were on yeah, and shit. Yeah, they had the uh, acrobats or whatever. Oh, yeah, the yeah, stilt walkers Yeah, stilt walkers, yeah. yeah. So they, they were able to get more of a, like, frightening motion from them. Though this doesn't... This... When they're in that uh, that scene with him, the the werewolf and Terry, well, one of the werewolves and Terry that like ends in him killing her. Yeah, he there's some motion in that Holy that's just shit, like yeah. frightening. Oh like, yeah, ah, that's a big ass werewolf. And that's the thing is like even though dog soldiers did very much pick up the torch that the howling put down, and I was like, okay, mm. I get what you're doing with these yeah. long haired, tall werewolves. Mm-hmm. The the werewolves and dog soldiers lack a lot of that facial articulation. Yeah, they don't get as much. Of the, yeah, the ferocious face face stuff. We also don't really see the transitions. Not stuff. really. So, no. yeah. Despite the fact that they look great and they move great. And the movie's not, great. Yeah. They're not as, as perfectly frightening as, as this one is. So, I think so. I, I, think I so put too. that on a, a similar level to Wolf Cop, where it's super effective at what it is, though it doesn't do everything I'd want it to do to be scary. Maybe on a scale of one to moon, this is the old harvest moon, isn't it? Harvest moon. It's an harvest moon. I don't even know what a harvest moon is. I think that's the big orange one. Oh, is it? it? Okay, great. I think so. You don't see them too often, but when you do, you're like, oh. Well, that's oh, nice, isn't it? That's nice. Oi, that's Oi. nice, isn't it? Time to harvest. It's about time to go out in the fields and do the harvesting under the moon. For some reason, I don't think of the English harvesting crop. Don't know why. Obviously, they do. Potatoes don't grow on trees. <laughs> those, that's the Irish. Yeah, they love those potatoes. If you go to the UK, you're going to have some bangers and mash. Oh, and yeah, And some definitely. chips, aren't we? Yeah, you're going to have chips. You're going to have bangers. You're going to have mash. You're going to have a uh, what, a banger in the mouth. Is that what? what? Yeah, mouth bang. Mouth banger. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have a mouth bang if you go. <laughs> I'll have the mouth bang, love. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a pint of bitters. <laughs> now, a unique werewolf design in the history of werewolf movies is the one that we saw in the Canadian feature, 
ginger snaps, as ginger they snaps, say yeah. in Canada. She kind of has, you know, the the slow transition into the full form. Yeah, and that's cool. And I it's like weird, that. Weird yeah. man. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a bald skin wolf. Yeah. thing mm-hmm. there for most of it. Yeah. It looks weird, but kind of cool. Kind of yeah. has like a weird like evil naked mole rat look <laughs> it's unique it's one of those i get yeah. it if you're if you're into the traditional werewolf you know hair everywhere kind of aesthetic and stuff yeah i get that this one doesn't fit into that at all but it is unique for sure it is it is unique i i enjoy it um you know it's it's a good design it's a good like the the bit at the end with her sister like hiding from her under the stairs or whatever that's real good and scary oh yeah, yeah. It's so awesome. it, it's solid like obviously way better looking than several of the other designs that we've talked about uh, oh yeah so yeah I really enjoy that where would you put it it's then? a good haughty crescent to me a haughty crescent haughty crescent it's like you're not seeing the full shebang. You're not like, hey, there's yeah. that that fake moon that the government installed as a satellite that we've right, never right, been right, to. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. You just kind of get a little glimpse at it. It controls like, oh. the birds, that fake moon, right? Obviously it yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Controls those drone birds mm-hmm. that surround us all. But, you know, you see a little bit of it. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's a nice look. Looks good. It's a nice looky-loo, isn't it? <laughs> Where'd the British accent come from? I'm not really from? sure. <laughs> Just, because we talked about dog doing soldiers? It. I don't know. It's good. It's <laughs> you know, good. I'm just going to go with it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> now, what about some werewolves that we see maybe in a movie that's a big hit with the kids? Because the kids, they love trying to decide whose team are they on. Are they team Eddie Ward? Are they team uh, guy that's a wolf? Right. Which one are you going to be? Because everybody be talking about the Twilights. That's still popular, right? The kids love the Twilights. Children, now. children today always talk about Twilight. That's uh-huh. it. That's mm-hmm. it. They're like, I'm Team Edward. <laughs> they say it like that. Yeah, because they have little kid voices. Uh huh. They message each other on Bitcoin yeah. and send them a mm-hmm. snap and say, I'm Team the other one. Yes. And then uh, after that, they get uh, tricked in a chat room. Yeah. But it turns out that it's Chris Hansen. Uh huh. And yeah. then he gets arrested. He lied about his ASL. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Now in the Twilight, yeah. Do we have a werewolf, or is it just a they turn into wolves? Wolf. Well, I mean, it, they're werewolves in that sense. They're they become wolves. They they're become more of a wolf than I've ever been personally. Exactly. I'll give exactly. them that. Okay. So they're shapeshifters, but yeah, they just look like. Big dogs. Yeah, big CGI shitty dogs. Yeah. And they, don't they talk just like regular? I think that they do. Even though they're a dog now? I think that you're right. Yeah. I'm going to give this one a new moon. (laughs) (laughs) New moon. I'm going to give this a twilight new moon. I'm going to give this a car driving by and a big pimply hairy ass mooning you. Oh, yes. That's actually the more accurate version of the moon that right? this is. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's about like that kind of moon. Like, and it's not, it's not even just that they become just wolves. That could be fine. It's the fact that they don't look intimidating at all. No, not in the least. Why? Why I, those fucking movies? But again, like, I guess nobody's supposed to look intimidating because the vampires shimmer. and yeah. It's really just about uh, a Mormon girl playing out a fantasy and then a whole bunch of people being like, yeah, I'll read that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then they make money. And then they make a whole lot of money. I'd like to do some research on the origin of the moon because I'd like to know who the first person was that is just like, 
I'm so fucking angry at this person, I will just show them my full ass. Oh, okay. I was like, the origin of the moon itself? <laughs> we know that. We know where that comes from. In the book of Genesis, it says. Yeah, obviously. Um, Yeah, the origin. Because, like, that's actually in Chaucer. Like, showing someone your ass is a sign of disrespect. So it's got to be old as hell. But who's the guy that, like, came home to the old cottage on the homestead and, and he was talking to his wife about his day and he was like, I was, oh, I was with Johnny. <laughs> And the weirdest thing happened. Uh huh. He got so mad at Roger, he just pulled down his trousers. Yeah. Showed him his backside. I can't make any sense of it, love. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, yeah, that. like now that I'm thinking about it, like, where at some point somebody just got so angry they pulled down their pants and showed their ass. Yeah. Like something in their mind clicked and they were like, <laughs> this is the move. You look at my fucking ass. <laughs> I know you don't want to see this. Guess what? Seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the origin of the moon. <laughs> All right. What about if you wanted to watch a movie that features vampires and werewolves and everybody's glistening and sexy and covered in skin tight suits. Uh -huh. And also you want it to take like two and a half hours for some reason. Ugh. So you watch Underworld yeah, and you see you some werewolves and vampires. What do you think about them wolves in that? Uh, it's fine. I mean, a lot of CG. They're shredded. Yeah. They They're fucking shredded. They do look intimidating, but yeah, it's just not as like visceral yeah because they're fake it doesn't feel real never once does it feel like you're watching yeah. a reel whenever they're doing the big cg thing yeah now, i think for some of the like non-actiony bits i believe it's people in some rubber suits every now and then but sure those movies are just full of fighting so there's a yeah. lot of fighting going on which means they're cgi like 90 percent of the yeah. time and that just yeah that takes me out of it a lot like yeah i not not that there isn't great cgi now that you wouldn't even notice like they probably could if they made an underworld movie now and put enough money into it, you could make those werewolves look very oh, intimidating. Yeah. I'm stuff. CGI right now, and you've not even noticed. I haven't even noticed. Not even part of it. Nope. That's crazy. Because you don't touch me anymore. I didn't want to talk. We'll finish about this, this discussion podcast, later. We'll finish yeah, this later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think I think uh, as you said, they are shredded. They they do have like that intimidating sort of hulking factor, but they're not. Don't feel real. They don't feel real. So, yeah, I'd give that like a, it's like a half moon. I think so. It's yeah. like in the middle there. Half moon. It could be, it could be great. Yeah. But it's I get that. Yeah. Now, Steve, you've seen a wolf who's a man. Mm -hmm. You've seen a wolf who's a woman. Right. Have you ever seen a wolf who's a fox? A Michael J. Fox? I have seen a wolf who's a fox, a Who Michael J. He? Fox. He's a teen wolf. He is a teen wolf. And that is. A delight of a movie it's with some time. things that are not aging very well. Oh yeah, no, yeah. There, are, uh, any, any of those movies that were supposed to be fun back in the eighties, you look back on them now and you're like, oh, is this <laughs> this is fun? Yeah, this oh. is at the expense of someone else for yeah. sure. But it is a cool movie. What do you think about that wolf design? Oh, you know, um, because it had to be, it had to be super practical for like walking around and dunking. dancing and dunking and all those things, like. I, it was a, the best way you could have done that. I mm -hmm. mean, now that we've seen Wolf Cop do it, it, obviously they took it further and better. Like you know, the practicality, the talkability, etc. It's still he looks like a werewolf doing yeah. those things. Whereas 
Teen Wolf looks like a guy who put on like a Chewbacca mask. Pretty much. And played basketball. Yeah. yeah. But it needed to be that way. Yeah, but it, yeah, it had to be that way. You can be doing them them stunts with them big old stilt legs on no, and stuff yeah. like that. So I think it was pretty much perfect for the tone of yeah. the movie. I'll tell you an interesting Teen Wolf theory. Let me hear it. That comes courtesy of my good buddy Doc Coyle from the band uh, Bad Wolves. You might know him back from the God Forbid days and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Loves horror movies. Would love to get him on the show. We should get him on Working the show. Working on that soon. Okay. Uh, really awesome dude he has this theory that teen wolf is actually a big commentary on race okay because think about it here mm-hmm. michael j fox whitest canadian dude ever yeah uh-huh. he gets this werewolf thing going on what can he do suddenly he can dance mm. he can play sports All right and the ladies love him okay what do you think about that yeah i thought about it and i was like Actually, yeah. that makes a ton of sense. I wish I could take credit for that theory, but it's all Doc. No, I, yeah, I think I think that's definitely there, and we'll have to cover it sometime because I, I have thought somewhat about how he, yeah, it seems to be appropriating. Like, yeah. Like, he get the, the dream of a white man is to be able to wake up one day and be good at basketball. Like, <laughs> it's just like, what? Come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I'd love to actually, you know, if you would like to come on and talk about Teen Wolf. That'd be great. I'd always be willing. to. Well, maybe I'll see if I can make that happen. Yeah. I would like to hear more because I'm sure he's got more to say about it. Yeah. No, that that's an interesting theory. And I haven't even thought about that. I'm glad you brought right? that up. That's cool. How are you going to rate that wolf? Um, as I said, practicality, it's up there. It's it's good. It does its job. But, it, I mean, it's, you know, it's just pretty basic. Perfect for the movie, though. Perfect for the movie, though. Uh, again, I'll give it about half moon. I think yeah. so. Maybe even, hey, let's go a little bit deeper than this. Considering it's, it's a werewolf design that you don't see very much in terms of the way that it looks and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it is special and holds its own unique place, it's a blue moon. <laughs> that's it a blue is. moon yeah you just put a little orange on the rim exactly you for, have for appearance slice. apparently that's oh, all yeah. that's for yeah it works you ever squeeze like do you ever get that at the bar a blue moon and they put the orange on the rim and you squeeze the orange in there and you're like why did i do this <laughs> what have i done they didn't do anything <laughs> just, i don't know the last time i had a blue moon i used it's to been a really long, like long those, time though. yeah it, you know the thing is uh they were acquired by like Coors or something at some point mm-hmm. and it just became like overly cloyingly sweet to me that's what i think too yeah yeah it's weird now let's talk about the last one here on our list which is one of my favorites in terms of the whole setup the whole movie that it's in the whole vibe of the Mm -hmm. flick and also the design and stuff and the practicality of the effects and everything which is really fucking cool i'm talking about when rogue aka anna paquin Uh uh-huh transforms into a wolf oh man in trick or treat gosh first off the best werewolf reveal ever it's unexpected entirely it is so fucking hard to beat the entire setup of their little story in that movie of them being these like sweet innocent well not innocent but party girls yeah having a fun time and she's she's the she is the the innocent innocent one one, and she's the little riding hood being pursued by this wolf villain turns out she's the wolf like fucking rad so good and man. they look great they do look good like yeah you know it's not it's not on the the scale of american werewolf or, or the howling or whatever but it's not supposed to be it's just a segment in a in a 
Pulp Fiction-esque horror movie. Yeah, and they kind of do like the skin peel. Yeah. Like it's not Which the... Which I, I prefer. We talked about that on cool, Wolf Cop. It is cool. Yeah, because I would say most werewolf transformations, you've either got the hair grow, mm-hmm. the fucking explode out, yeah, <laughs> or the skin yeah. pull. Yeah, or just the duck down behind something. Oh, yeah, the armoire. <laughs> yeah. The heppel white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the really classic old school ones, right? Right. Yeah, I love the design in that, and man, I'll tell you what, I saw somebody post, actually I think it was Kate posted the other day, that like, Halloween's like 10 weeks away. Oh, wow. And I'm like, That's actually not that far. Yeah, dude, I'm like already excited about it. Wow. Yeah. No, that, that, that changes my perspective on things. I understand that summer is just coming up, but it's also like, because I'm excited for summer, (laughs) but it's also getting us closer to Halloween, which is fucking... The best. The so, best, dude. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you, we're going to go all out this year because... You didn't get to do anything last no, year. No, last year yeah. we did nothing because COVID. 2019, we did nothing because we were moving. Oh, right. Yeah, we didn't have a, a nope. party. I, then we, we got together somewhere, I think. But yeah. it wasn't like a big... It wasn't like a big do, yeah. a big thing. And it wasn't like a big house party or anything. So we're going to go all the fuck awesome. out. Um, Skankbanger actually has a show on Halloween, and I'm oh, like, yeah? sorry, boys, I'm sitting out. Not doing it, because I'm no. partying. Because yeah. my religion. <laughs> Which is Halloween. Which is fucking Halloween. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, I'm <laughs> ducking out on that one, because I'm so excited about Halloween. So, Trick or Treat, how are you going to rate that thing on a scale of moons? I think moons? that's like three-quarter moon, because uh, everything that adds up to it, not just the design, but all the things that it represents, it's really cool. It's a cool moment. I'll tell you what, what I'm going to do, man. Considering that we said the Howling and American Werewolf are our rare full moons, yeah, I'm going to rate this one a full? A blue moon. Oh? Wait, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. A blood moon. A blood moon. Blood moon. Oh, damn. Right? That's like ultimate almost. It seems pretty cool. Man. Yeah. Honestly, okay. The gas red moon. If we can retract our previous uh, judgments, which make so much sense and matter so much. Yeah, I hope somebody's keeping track of this. Yeah, these. I know somebody's <laughs> making a spreadsheet right now. I'm going to call Trick or Treat a full moon. I'm going to rate the Howling and American Werewolf. There we go. Super moon. Yeah, absolutely. Super moon. Big ass, huge moon. Looking like it's going to come attack us. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the one right there. So those are our official ratings. And I look forward to hearing your all's thoughts about these ratings yeah. over on the Facebook page. <laughs> There's been so much fucking good, stupid shit getting yeah. shared over there lately. I'm that's a big fun. fan of the little community that we have developed. A good community. It's a good old bunch of folks. But you know what, Steve? We are here to talk about the Hoeling. The Hoeling. The Hoeling from 19... 19- and 81, this was my cherry-popping experience watching this flick. Yeah. I had always heard about it because it's, you know, whatever. It's, it's an a 80s werewolf movie. It's a classic. Yeah. I knew nothing about it. Um, I honestly went into this with very low expectations because the only thing that I know about The Howling is that all of its many, 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 many sequels are always available for free streaming. Because they're terrible. And they look like shit. They're bad. Right? It's like yeah. every time I like scroll through the, the horror section on Amazon Prime or whatever, it's like mm-hmm. you can find the Howling 2 through 9, and they all look really bad and have like two-star ratings yeah. and shit. So I was like, this probably sucks. Yeah. So I went into this with like no expectations. We've actually done Howling 3 on a screaming chat once. Yeah. And it's set in Australia. Crikey. Um, it, it's they're making a horror movie in it, so it's like a meta okay, horror. Meta, okay. Yeah, but it it's also it's real bad. It's <laughs> but real it's bad. also not good. Yeah. Is it the one that there's like fucking wear marsupials or something yeah. stupid? Uh huh. Yeah, that's it. Huh. It's Have you seen crazy. Any of the other sequels? Yeah, I saw two back in the day because we 
you know, we saw one and we were like, well, of course we want to see the sequel. And two was like the killer. It was like, oh no, there's no reason to watch these sequels. And I never saw any of the other sequels until we watched three for the screaming chat. It's like there was no direction at all for a franchise, but mm-hmm. they really wanted to do sequels because other horror movies were doing sequels. Word. It's, it's just, they're not worth your time. Not anywhere near the level of the first one here. Yeah, which is sad because this establishes like a whole cool like mythos. Like It does. I, yeah. I like everything that's going on in like the background with this werewolf colony and like, they're shapeshifters, and they're not controlled necessarily by the moon. Like, yeah, yeah. That's all cool. There's a lot of cool stuff going on, man. Like I said, I went in with low expectations, mm-hmm. and I I was really fucking blown away by this. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those things, just fucking side rant. Um, I rented it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was like, I really wish I would have bought that. Yeah. It's... If anybody out there is listening that works for Amazon... Make there an option where after you rent a movie, yeah, then you to can go pay. ahead and purchase the rest. Yeah. Exactly. If it's five dollar rental, that's ten dollar buy. Then yeah. like you know, maybe right after the movie, you have a couple hours to be like, do you want to pay five extra bucks? Yeah, did and you just like that enough to keep it? Like, yeah, yeah. Because there's so many times that you rent something because you're like, I don't know if I like it or not, and then you're like, right. I wish I would have bought it. Yeah, no, I understand. This is definitely. I mean, this is a classic. This is one like that. I, as we said, you said this is great, and I said it's pr- pretty great. I have anti-nostalgia for it Ben, because as a kid this movie was so boring it takes forever for them to get to the werewolf to the werewolf so you saw this as a kinder kid yeah and as a kid it was like "Eh." but then you see the werewolf and you're like oh okay yes so like that's why we watched the sequel and then also why we gave up on the franchise because it just didn't have enough of a hold on us now, as an adult, I look on it and I'm like, oh, no, that's perfect pacing. Like the way they like start with the serial killer bit and then slowly we're like, we don't see the full werewolf until an hour into the movie. Yeah. And I love it for that. Yeah, honestly. It's great. That is awesome. That reveal that we get where, like you said, you, you had the the scenes where, you know, we have Eddie, the serial killer mm-hmm. guy, like in the, the porno booth and stuff, and he's all backlit, but you can yeah. tell he has some weird beastly features and stuff mm-hmm. going on. But you can't really see what... You can't really see yeah. exactly, because it's her flashbacks, and her yeah. memory's kind of cloudy about what happened because mm-hmm. of the trauma and shit. And then you get like little things where, you know, uh, there's the chase through like the house, and there's the arm grabbing oh. through and stuff, and you're kind of getting werewolf glimpses. Yeah. And then, dude, when it, the shit finally hit the fan... And I think it's Terry is in that office mm-hmm. pulling files out of that cabinet, and that wolf arm just reaches over, and then there's the fucking reveal. Full wolf out of Holy nowhere. Fuck. It's so unexpected. I had to rewind it. I was yeah. like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, the reveal is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, man. they lulled you into not. I guess expecting I'm never gonna get to see anything this. to finally just full on seven foot tall werewolf, huge, yeah, and just terrifying and beastly yeah. and. It's got, it's kind of got the weird like rabbit ear werewolf <laughs> like it's got the, yeah. the long ears and stuff but I think it looks fucking I think it looks sick. so good so it looks good. nightmarish like yeah. it looks like one of those things that you would remember from a nightmare where you like mm-hmm. there's a werewolf chasing me it had these long ears and it was I don't know why it was that way but it was weird like yeah. fuck I love that reveal and I think the pacing of that reveal is fucking perfect yeah but I, I, I get if you were a kid. Just wanted to, you know, it just see takes the werewolf. Too long. Yeah, it probably takes too long. Yeah. But there, but there are some boobies in there. There are boobies, and, which and, you were watching and for. Some muff, 
full That's frontal. True. And, and I do remember that very fondly. And when it came up, I was like, oh, yeah, Werewolf Witch. She's going <laughs> to take off her clothes. I love Werewolf Witch, too. I love the idea that not yeah. only are the, like, the werewolves just different personalities, but one of them is like, oh, also, I practice witchcraft. Yeah, she's like a conjurer of <laughs> yeah. the werewolves and shit, it's man. It's so cool. She kind of stands out in this movie in a weird way where it's like, I guess there's a Frank Frazetta character in right. this movie. Like, what Molly Hatchet album cover yeah. did she come off yeah. of? <laughs> it's, it is so like, what the fuck? Yeah, in a movie full of like, you know, um, like 70s dads wearing big sweaters right. and slim pickings. And then you slim have pickings, yeah. fucking werewolf witch. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is what you got to watch out for. I've been seeing all these hashtag witch things on all these all these women girls instagram posts. on these women stuff. girls mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the future they want they want uh, you know what honestly i i think uh at least a few people listening right now would be very happy with a world full of werewolves and witches <laughs> and i'm probably one of them as long as i get to be a werewolf i do not want to be running from werewolves okay yeah yeah no not at all man <laughs> I'll tell you what, before we get deeper into this, are you still a little parched? I am. I am. That seltzer was great, but... It was great. I, I got I got to wet this whistle. I need more, man. This whistle is bone dry. Now, I have something here from the back of the Frigidaire mm-hmm. that I am... Okay, honestly, I'm managing my expectations for it because it yeah. is a New Belgium beer, which I don't... I don't traditionally like their I don't stuff. Know, do you? We've done New Belgium brews on here before, and I don't think we've ever liked one specifically. I don't really think so. Like I remember whenever like Fat Tire started showing up in grocery stores, and it was like, yeah, it was oh, solid. a fancy beer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you want to have an amber ale, but also feel kind of heavy and fat afterwards, yeah. it's perfect yeah. for you, you know? Uh, but it was like one of those things where, you know, in small town, fucking Jefferson City, That was the best Tennessee, you were going to get. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, cool. Something that's not Coors or Budweiser. Yeah. At least I remember when it was Heineken and Bex were your yeah. two like choices. Fancy and, beers. Yeah. Heineken. Newcastle. Maybe. Heineken was my beer. Yeah. For the longest time. And now if I drank a Heineken, I'd be like, oh, what is this? Dude, I'll tell you. It's better than you remember. Is it? Yeah. If you have one that's in a, in a can or a fresh bottle. Yeah. It's still delightful. Okay. I'm here to tell you. Yeah, New Belgium, I don't traditionally like a lot of this stuff. Those yeah. fucking doo-doo ranger IPAs all doo-doo fucking ranger. suck. They always sucker me in, man. It's just like, oh, there's a new one I haven't tried. Might as well try it out. Yeah. Oh, it sucks, just like the other yeah. ones and stuff. So uh, I don't know. But this one sounds intriguing. This is their tart. Okay, do you say lychee or lychee? I say lychee, though I've, I've heard both. I don't know which one yeah. it is. Uh, tropical sour. Now, I love lychee lychee. lychee. Yeah, I, I do too. It's, it's a, it's a very specific fruit. flavor. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not into it, you're not into it. But I am into it. I am too, man. Have you ever had a, a, a lychee martini? Uh-uh. Oh, God. It's fucking delightful, yeah. man. All they right. have those oftentimes at like a sushi joint. Uh-huh. Get you one. So good, man. Check her out. This is a sour ale brewed with lychee fruit and Saigon cinnamon. Oh, okay. I'm convinced. Already. I hope that it's good. I really, really do. I want this to break the new Belgium chain on me. It's got just like a nice kind of golden color. Yeah. A little bit more beer looking than I thought that yeah, it would I, be. Yeah, I expected it to be more juice looking. Go ahead and get that and I'll top mine oh, off here. That smells great. Does it? Honestly. Yeah? Yeah, it's got a good like tart mouth. I'm over it, but... here getting my pour on here, so I've not got my face near it. Hmm. Get your pour on, get your face in it. It smells a little less fruity. It smells more like regular beer to me than I thought yeah. that it would. Kanpai! Clinkity here we clink. Go. See what that does to you right there. I'll await your your reaction oh. here. Oh. Hmm. Yeah? 
Something different? Yeah, this um this kind of reminds me oh. of that beer that uh that we had with RDM the other night. A little bit. It has bit. that like mm-hmm. kind of cakey cinnamon sort of yeah. presence to it, but the tartness is still there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually get a lot more cinnamon and not so much of the lychee. Yeah, that's it's really more cinnamon. It does taste very much like yeah, it's like a golden ale that's kind of tart and kind of cinnamony. Like a maybe like a cinnamon streusel with yeah tart cherries in it for some reason. It's more like yeah. that, mm-hmm. yeah, because that lychee just has such a unique, odd flavor that this I can't really taste it in this. Honestly, no, I, I'm not getting any at all. I'm not honestly though. It tastes good. I'm not. I'm not mad good. at it. I'm not it's mad at it. Very much all. drinkable. I'm definitely gonna drink all this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the better. New Belgians I've had. Yeah, for sure. I'm happily surprised by that. Go New Belgium. Way to go, guys. Kicking old Belgium in the fucking nads. <laughs> what have they doing? done for us lately? Fucking nothing. Not a thing. I got this beer from old Belgium. Said nobody. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so yeah, like I said, I went into this completely dry. I did not know what to expect. And I was very pleasantly surprised. But yeah. this is a movie that kind of has that misfortune of being released right at the same time of another movie that was doing very similar stuff, following the fucking trail of, um, what is it, Deep Impact and Armageddon? <laughs> or you could also say Volcano and Dante's Peak. Right. You know? Or other things that came out at the same time as other things, because this movie had the misfortune of being released in the same year as probably the greatest werewolf movie ever made, American Werewolf in London. Now, this movie came out in March Mm-hmm. And American Werewolf came out in, what was it October, November, or yeah, something like that? I think it's August, something year. like that. A uh-huh. little bit later on, and um, kind of buried it because, okay, I love this movie. It's not as good as American Werewolf. No. But, you know, again, I kind of feel I kind of feel bad for it that it sort of got, you know, buried by that flick. Well, I don't know if it got buried by that flick as much as it got buried by not being as good as American Werewolf. I mean, like, you could say that. Because it came first. It would be like... It would be like saying that, like, the banana splits got buried by the Beatles. Like, if the <laughs> Beatles had not been the Beatles and the banana splits came along and were more popular, it, it it wouldn't, like, this came first. It had its opportunity to shine. It even had designs from Rick Baker who moved from it to go work on American Werewolf. I'll tell you what, I run a race in a track and field competition. I'd have come in first. If not for that person, it put me in second. Yeah, exactly. That like, fella that ran faster than me, I he's think, the one that put me in second. I think this had the opportunity to be, and it could have maybe buried American Werewolf. It had that opportunity. It just didn't take it because American Werewolf picked a single tone and kept it. Okay, yeah. Whereas this, the tone is kind of hard to pin down. How you mean? Well, some people call this a comedy horror who the fuck calls this a comedy horror it's like a fucking movie about a victim of sexual assault yeah hilarious with a with a a boyfriend who abuses her and gaslights her (laughs) and a doctor uh, who's gaslighting her mm. and a whole group of people who are gaslighting her like yeah there's no not a lot of comedy in this though there are moments that are obviously intended to be funny i mean slim pickens yeah, Slim Pickens for sure. You can't put Slim Pickens in anything without it being a little bit funny. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Fucking Blazing Saddles, man. Yeah, but this, um, yeah, I think American Werewolf, Werewolf nailed, nailed that tone. Now, it's a unique tone. That's the is. thing about it's American Werewolf. It's real hard. The tone of that movie is really, 
kind of unlike anything else. Yes. Yeah, and I think this is going for that kind of, but missing it a lot. Like, when you got the scenes with Dick Miller and stuff, it's like, oh, this is fun. This is a fun time. Like, he's a funny guy. Oh, like, big Dick Miller. Yeah, anytime you put Dick Miller in, it's probably going to be a kind of funny scene. But it's like, well, then why do you have that in this m- movie that it also has all these melodramatic scenes with, like, music that matches melodrama perfectly? Like, uh-huh. It's shifting too much. I feel like I can kind of get that, yeah, because some of those scenes, like the uh, like the bookstore scene and yeah. stuff, um, where he is a little bit more wacky and zany, and mm-hmm. then like you said, also the the crazy old men. Just like the older the person in this movie, the, the funnier, the funnier they are. that yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like you know, the thing is that some of the some of the bit is like some kind of meta humor, maybe like okay, there is a lot of like like the names of most of the people on the island are references to directors of 1950s and 60s horror movies right yeah a lot of these people are from horror movies in the past like dick miller specifically is uh, you know he was in uh, the first little shop etc and a lot of these people worked very specifically with joe dante on piranha before this so oh. like a, a lot of the like, feel i think is like I think maybe in 81, if you watched this, it might have had a bit more of a humorous tone, whereas I don't think a lot of the humor that you might see stands up because some of the humor is the stuff like the station manager being like, oh, she must be pregnant or something when a woman just got assaulted by a person who was murdered in front of her and now has trouble <laughs> going on yeah. national like. I, like, I think I that's supposed that to be a funny. joke, but it's not read as funny anymore 40 years later. Right. It's just like, mm, what is this? And it's stuff like that that makes me wonder if that was supposed to be a joke or if that was supposed to be some Joe Dante social commentary. Because we covered, Maybe. we covered like Gremlins on the show. We've not done the Burbs, but Joe Dante's Definitely flicks social commentary are throughout. always mm-hmm. loaded with social commentary. Mm-hmm. Like Gremlins is one of those ones that really really surprised me whenever we yeah. covered it on the show a while back and really deep dove mm-hmm. into like, oh, this is all about economics. Yeah. Uh, which was really, really fascinating. Like, he is very fond of lacing his movies that seem seemingly, you know, innocuous and basic right. with actually lots of social commentary. And, and, you know, the thing is that, like, I think maybe after this, because this was a moderate su- success, a okay. $1.5 million budget that made almost 18 million dollars so 1. that's 1.5 million dollars is not a that's, lot yeah they, he made a lot out of little so like that kind of put him on the track with working with spielberg on gremlins and got him more free reign because he he didn't have anything to do with the screenplay here uh john sales who wrote his piranha screenplay wrote this screenplay and i would say piranha Piranha doesn't have much of a social mess. I haven't seen it in a while, but it really is just kind of a Jaws ripoff. Yeah. Like, I think maybe he hasn't he hadn't gotten to get as much influence on on everything yet. But I think you're right that he's obviously trying to throw some things in here about the the role of women at this time and the way women are treated and their yeah. trauma and things. Yeah, I I totally think that there's a lot of context there that. Again, I, I want to know if this is all deliberate stuff or mm-hmm. if this is me seeing this for the first time in fucking 2021. Right. Post, trying to make some sense of it. Yeah, yeah, like post Me Too, post a lot of the things that have happened over the past 10 or 20 years that are making me see this in, mm-hmm. in a different light because there's a lot of context in this movie about um, victims of sexual assault. Yeah. 
and the way that a lot of people, especially men, especially in the media, are reluctant to believe women who have right. been through this kind of thing, whether that means, you know, doubting that anything bad happened or doubting that a man that they know that, you know, would yeah, be capable would do of doing that, such right. a thing. And again, this is like, you know, we're talking about post Epstein, post right. Marilyn Manson, like post all of these we things. We have every that, reason to say that obviously there was a culture of distrust towards women and men yes. getting away with whatever they wanted. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, especially the end of this movie is all about that. It's right. all about trying to expose these things and also show how, again, the victims of this, typically women, are not taken seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's that even that tiny postscript right after she reveals she's a werewolf and gets shot on television of the guy being like, eh, it's all effects. Like, yeah. even then not believing the story, you just watched her turn into right. a werewolf. Yeah, that's, I, I think there is definitely a message there throughout that's going on. And like, you know, maybe you, I, you know, thinking about it now, if you look at the tone of when it's all men on screen, that's when it's more jokey and jovial. Yeah. And when you have uh, Karen White on screen, with Dee Wallace playing Karen White, um, when you have her on screen, it can be more melodramatic and more yeah. like, because it's what she's going through. Mm -hmm. She's not having the fun, jokey time that everybody else is because yeah. she's going through shit. Well, let's talk about some of the subtle stuff that's going yeah. on there, too, where it's made reference a few times in the movie that she kept her maiden name. Right. She is a, a woman who owns her own identity. She's got her own job and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then even at the same time, even though she is this news reporter and stuff like that that's apparently very successful and very good mm -hmm. at what she does, she receives compliments by people telling her husband, your wife is really good at what she does. Yeah. There's like this fucking woman ownership thing going on here that I don't think is meant to be glorified but again no. this might be me watching this trying to find now. something in it yeah yeah exactly like maybe that was just kind of like a more commonplace thing back in that time period maybe he was trying to make a statement about that i wish that i really knew no, i think you're right i think you're right because the ending is her like revealing everything on national television like yeah. that that's kind of the point of it all is that she she is tired of not being heard yeah, definitely yeah. so. And even as she goes on national TV and, I mean, literally gets herself killed mm -hmm. to stand up for this message because she transforms, does right. this insane thing, and then is it um, Tr Chris? Chris yeah, is his name? Yeah, Chris shoots her with the Yeah, they had prepared bullet. for yeah. this and fucking shoots her mm -hmm. to expose this horrible thing that's been going on. Even then, people still don't believe yeah. it. Yeah, even then, they're not sure. And that, I think, is at the core of the message of this movie is... This is the story of the woman who cried wolf. Ah. Right? Okay. Because yeah, we, yeah. of course, have the, the story of the boy that cried wolf, but this is the woman that cried wolf right. that was trying to tell people about this horrible thing that happened to her. Except Nobody she believes never her. did cry wolf. She, exactly. She, she cried werewolf. <laughs> well, I mean, she never, she, never made, she never made that vocal to anyone. She is constantly trying to remember it and forgetting it. Yeah. Like... But that's also too showing but it's the validity because she's of PTSD. afraid to say it, I think. Well, I think her memories are also fried because of oh, how traumatic definitely. it was. I think this is also bringing uh, validity to PTSD. Sure. Which definitely. is, again, at the time period, yeah. not a lot of validity there. No, yeah, even now people don't understand it. Oh, but, my God, man. Um, I think, you know, like the fact that she can't say it has a lot to say about this, the what she's used to with men. Mm. Like, it's like her. 
the PTSD is part of her brain being like, they won't believe you. So it's not even letting her remember what she saw. So she doesn't even get the chance to cry wolf. She has to hold it back. And when she finally has all the evidence and shows it, they still don't believe her. Still don't believe her. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I I see that 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 message seems to be going throughout. And it, I mean, it's, it's solid. It, It probably could have been pared down a bit to like, with some editing of the story, I think you could have focused more on her and gotten more out of that bit. Right. But at the same time, the bits with Terry and Chris kind of do all the exposition for us. Sure. And then Terry's, it's probably like 10, 15 minutes of her dealing with the werewolf. Actually, no, because it starts with her uh, going to his place then like, the werewolf like trying to get her under the porch which is a frightening as fuck scene awesome then like her running away then getting to the the medical place and then the werewolf coming in like that a a full like 15 to 20 minutes of the movie is focused on terry discovering who the werewolf is then telling it to chris and chris taking too much time to like really believe her yeah (laughs) like it's uh, even when all the evidence is there, they're still just like, I yeah. don't know about this. But he he is moved quicker than Bill because like he pretty much hears what happens on the phone, and he's like, I'm gonna go buy those silver bullets that conveniently are at the <laughs> that I saw at that store yeah. earlier. <laughs> Can you imagine how much money a box of silver bullets would cost? They have to be expensive, right? Have to be really fucking. Expensive. And also, like, I I noticed that like the casing and everything was silver. Why? Just make. Make the projectile silver. That's true. The casing is not. You going don't need to that to be silver. <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Could have saved a few bucks. I'm saying. We got some ideas about the most effective wolf killing bullets here yeah. on the show. We like to trademark these here on Dad and Lovely. But yeah, I think that narrative is definitely here for a reason. Apparently, in the book that this is based on, it was a lot more present. But right. I think that they they tried to sneak in a lot more of that stuff about you know. Um, People's perception of people who are victims of right. sexual assault and their lives after that. And I think that it even appears in some really subtle ways, like through the movie where um, there's a scene in the movie where we've just been seeing, I can't remember if it's either yeah, D. Wallace or if it's Terry fighting the werewolf. And then it shows like maybe one of the cops and he's watching TV and he's watching like the big bad wolf cartoon oh that's chris yeah it's terry uh she when she's on the phone with chris he's watching that yeah. cartoon that's happening uh basically showing us what's about to happen yeah yeah and i think that that is showing the reality of someone who goes through one of these terrible experiences and the perception of that mm-hmm. of a lot of fucking ignorant people yeah they hear wolf they think oh it's like fucking big red riding hood big bad wolf whatever right. like mm-hmm. not taking it seriously yeah I think that those things are definitely there for a reason. No, I agree. Yeah, I think I think um, you know the the major shifts because this was a novel uh, by Gary Bradner uh, that came out a few years before this. Okay. The the major shifts between what happens in the movie and what happened in the novel seem to me to be indicating that what you're saying is right because the things they change seem to go more toward uh, this idea of people believing her like in the book the first sexual assault serial killer bit he's not a werewolf just unrelated 
It's just like a PTSD thing that then sends her to this place where there uh, are uh, some werewolves. Whereas in this movie, we get that really kind of scummy setup where, you know, again, like she's this reporter that is being literally fed to the wolves, being like, hey, wear a fucking wire and, and go get killed by this serial killer. Yeah. And we're going to air it on TV. Oh, what, her mic's not working anymore? I don't know. It'll probably work out fine. We're not going to follow her closely or anything? No. Yeah. And again, this is also not taking the danger that women can be put in right. seriously, um, which is, you know, again, a, a very fucking horrible, horrible thing. I mean, she's already in, like, a guy stops her on her way to the phone booth and, like, asks her for a half and half. Like, he, yeah. he thinks she's a prostitute. Like, the... Yeah, they're they're not like it. It just seems like this is not an undercover police officer. If you're gonna put her in harm's way, you need people like right there. Sure, but they don't take the threat seriously. They don't take it seriously at all. At all yeah. And in the movie, rather than having her be assaulted, uh, he puts her in a booth and turns on this like very smutty, fucking mm. grimy ass like rape yeah. porn. Yeah. That, I guess they had to film for this movie. Like that was not some pre-existing porn that they put on. Right. They had to film this for this movie, and it's like, you know, it's not showing her being assaulted, not showing D. Walsh being right. assaulted, but it's giving us that like grimy, like this is fucked up, yeah, kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, uh, the way he stays behind her in the flickering light, like so she can't see him and stuff. Yeah, that. That's all interesting. Very like, effective to me. It's extremely effective, and like, it it puts us in her position where like we couldn't really see either. Now she probably had a better view than we did, but it's kind of giving us the view that her memory has of mm-hmm. like, it a lot of flashing light and everything was happening so quick. It's so hard to get any sort of nailed down like what it, it looked like. Sure, but she does know. She knows what she saw. Like yeah. eventually, that kind of comes out. She knows what she saw. She's just repressing it. She's trying to keep that knowledge from herself because it's too much. Yeah, to deal very with. fucking traumatic. What do you think about those cops busting in there and just being like, "I don't know, we'll just fucking blow the doors down"? They could have uh, killed her. They could have killed both of them. Yeah. Well, and th- it's interesting that they had the older cop. He didn't draw his gun, and he was also like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, <laughs> ask Tr- Trigger Happy over here. Yeah, yeah, but it's also like. Like, I don't know that that older cop is a character you'd meet in the real world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that seemed that seemed right in line with some of the actions we've seen from the police. So like, yeah, that that in in eighty one though is probably more of a revelation to people. The idea that a cop could just be stupid. Yeah, going guns yeah. blazing. I mean, this is around the the Brady Rule time and whatnot, and the the idea of like. Telling people they have right. Things. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. Huh. Anyway, so yeah, I think I think that um, that was an interesting moment for me because this is this is obviously set in um, in L.A. Uh, they say at one point Western and Delongpre. Those two don't is that a place. Western and Delongpre are both <laughs> places. Places, but they do not intersect. I don't think at <laughs> any point. But yeah, they're they're definitely somewhere in West L.A. Uh, a lot of uh, porn theaters and bars and stuff, and they're talking about basically how the homeless are being dumped in L.A. This is 40 years ago. I'm sure ago. that doesn't happen anymore, though. It absolutely continues to happen. Oh. Yeah. oh, Out of sight, out of mind, it turns out. Turns out that even adults aren't really that good with the old uh, object permanence. 
Yeah. I don't see this thing anymore. Guess it's There gone. used to be homeless people here. Now there are not homeless people here. Guess there are no more people without homes. I guess they're not people. Not my problem. <laughs> right. Man, yeah. people are awful. They're I will there. say I love how, you know, th- this intro to the movie is just so fast-paced. It and is. you're just dropped right mm-hmm. the fuck into whatever is going on where you're like, mm-hmm. clearly D. Wallace is in danger Clearly, these people at the news company don't really give a fuck, and the right. cops are incompetent, and it's scummy, it's grimy, it's yeah. got that, like, 70s that, that feel. feel of maniac. Like, it felt like the yes. city in Maniac yeah, to yeah. me, where it's uh-huh. like, this place is just fucking, smells like hot garbage, and it's sticky, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I get that, like, yeah, Maniac was a, a reference, too, in my head, when, when they're driving past definitely. all the, the theaters and stuff, it's like, Oh, yeah, it's got that sort of grimy 70s feel, oh, even yeah. though it's, it's 81. Well, and Maniac was 80, so yeah, we, I we guess it is early 80s feel. In the past, where like, you talk about, like, oh, 1990, you're like, 90s, the grunge era. It's like, no, mm. people are still wearing spandex yeah, and neon 90 in the was, 90s. Yeah, still neon and Lisa yeah. Frank folders. And, yeah. Whenever I see pictures of, like, you know, when I was born in 1984, it looks like the 70s still. Yeah. So this being a 1981 movie, it still looks and feels very 70s to me, which it I does. think is fucking awesome. I love the look of this movie because it looks shitty and grimy and grainy (laughs) and i don't know i love the way this flick looks and then even all the like the shots in the woods and stuff where they've got the fog machines fucking Mm -hmm. cranked up and the blue moonlight coming through and shit they've definitely got like a lot of surreal moments and things yeah like some dreamlike moments Mm -hmm. so i i love the way this movie looks are you into it uh no i hate the way (laughs) 70s movies look generally but uh yeah i get what you're saying that it does convey exactly the feeling it's supposed to but once it once it starts getting and and again i think maybe those like surreal dreamlike moments are are important for like the feel of of the island that she goes to or whatever it is the 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 compound the commune yeah um i think they're important for it but it also is just like I don't know. I mean, I do know. It's that we've gotten better at filmmaking. We've gotten better at making sure people can read things the way we want them to be read. And I feel like 70s filmmaking requires so much of you working things out on your own from some visual clues that maybe aren't as clear Mm -hmm. as you would want them to be. Okay. But I do get why that can be a positive when it's, say, something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or uh, Hills Have Eyes. Like, sometimes 70s filmmaking really works for me. And at points in The Howling, I like it. And other points, I'm like, eh, eh, I'm not sure. I'll tell you what, speaking of TCM, were there parts in this movie where maybe you were in that shack that was all covered Uh with all kinds of hanging bones and stuff that made you go, huh, kind of reminds me of TCM. Yeah, exactly. I wrote that down. Just like the, the, the... bone sculptures and things yeah. and whatnot. Apparently the set dresser was the same guy that did TCM. Yeah, they had the the uh the grandma skeleton from TCM in that bookstore. No. Yeah. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's sitting in the same chair and everything. Fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. That is cool. It's really cool. Like they they definitely like there's so much like meta bits to this that I like that that yeah. Joe Dante was showing like I'm I'm a fan of horror. Like I know these things really well. Well, and apparently too, this might exist in the same Dante verse as Gremlins because there's uh-huh. that one guy that plays that reporter who's like rehearsing his yeah. fake I care lines in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Which I love that it concludes with him looking at the camera through the mirror, right. saying his lines. It's awesome. That's the exact same actor, same reporter that was in Gremlins too. 
Gremlins as well, not Gremlins the sequel. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, so this might be part of like the fucking Dante verse, I guess. I mean, that's listen, a world where there are both Gremlins and werewolves. Sign me up. I'd love, I'd love to see (laughs) that. And clearly, lots and lots of cocaine. Oh yeah, all the cocaine. All the cocaine. (laughs) Sign me up. I want to go to there. Yeah. Now, as a result of her trauma that she endures at the first of this movie, she is enrolled in a therapy self help uh, self help kind of program. Mm -hmm. At this uh, at this commune, and this was something that, you know, even though nowadays we we know and respect the values of things like therapy mm-hmm. and self help, in 1981 this was kind of like an emerging like what you can help yourself, the government can't do it for you, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it was definitely treated with an air of of skepticism because this is something that wasn't really so commonplace. How do you think this movie handles the concepts of therapy and self help and so on? Well, I think it presents like. I mean, it presents a pop psychiatry thing. Like the Dr. Oz, yeah. Yeah, our main doctor is a television doctor. And he's almost everything he says is basically an allusion to the fact that he's a werewolf. (laughs) And, And it's like, yeah, like this idea that somebody on television will say something that applies to every single person listening. It's kind of like, Seem really. more like astrology than, than uh, like actual help. Yeah. So like, I think that yeah, I think there's like one way of showing that, but also showing that uh, Karen does need help. Sure. She needs it. Yeah. The people she's turning to, however, happen to be wolves in sheep's clothing, Literally. who aren't there yeah. to help her. They're there to take advantage of her. Right. And so I think it's it's it is it's mixing up a little bit of a message of like, yeah, therapy is necessary. Also, a lot of these people are trying to take advantage of you because well, it's an emerging field. And yeah, you don't really know. And the thing that makes me wonder about that that attitude is we have that other character that's there at the compound that has been like, I tried everything. I tried Scientology. I tried uh-huh. blah blah blah, and nothing worked for me. I wonder if they really put that there to be like, yo, there's a Scientology thing coming up, and I think it's not good. Yeah, I think you guys should probably not use it. They 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 seem to focus on famous people and trying to bring them in, and they ask you about all your deepest, darkest secrets. Hmm. And then they use them against you. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's probably there. I mean, because this is Hollywood, and uh, Scientology and Hollywood, they are friends. Oh yeah, they yeah, like yeah. each other. I can't imagine a movie now taking a jab at Scientology like that. Right? Yeah, I can't either. Honestly. Because I, I don't know. You, you've seen the Scientology documentary, right? The one that was on HBO? Uh, no. Uh-uh. Oh, check that one out. They will come to your house and sit outside your house and oh, send you threatening letters yeah. and ruin your life. Yeah, for talking about them. So, yeah, maybe not. I mean, maybe this is one of those <laughs> early times where it was just like, they Joe Dante saw the opportunity and was like, "Yeah, we can get a jab in at Scientologists. That'll be fun." I wonder if he was really like just trying to make that that point known that like, yes, self help is good, but there are people out there that take advantage. advantage of yeah. you. Any mm-hmm. of these like, yeah, self help guru, um, get rich quick, yeah, kind of characters are not out there to actually help. No, you. never. Anytime somebody uh, wants to tell you how to get rich and then they need to charge you money for it. You're a sucker. Don't <laughs> give it to them. Guess how they got rich? Yeah. They got suckers to give them money. Yeah. <laughs> now, as we go through this, we learn a lot about sort of this werewolf lore that's going on in this flick, which isn't 
all that traditional in that they don't really have to wait for the full moon to do their thing. Sure, but it is it is in fact more traditional in that there originally werewolves were as 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 uh, we get from uh, Dick Miller, they're shapeshifters. And the idea was that, like, there was an object, maybe a ring or a belt that you put on, and then you became a wolf. Um, so this is is the more traditional, but the less film traditional, uh, in that, yeah, they're not affected by the moon at all. They can, in fact, change during the day. Yeah. It takes them a minute, though. Yes. It's, it, it takes, takes about three minutes if we're going to be Roughly accurate three here. minutes. And I guess you just stand there and wait. Cause you got to wait what, it out. That's what Terry does. Yeah, okay, so the world of transformation in this, clearly one of the highlights of the movie. Uh-huh. One of the logical lowlights of the movie as well. Or Karen, it wasn't. Ter- Terry, Karen. he was already changed when yes. he killed Terry. That's right. Uh, yeah, but Karen just stands there and it's watches like, oh, it. What's going to happen next? Oh, the nails are growing? Oh, wow, that's weird. Got hair coming out of there? Oh, well, wonder where this is going. Ears, ears are growing out of the top of his head? Hmm, okay. I'd be piecing the fuck out. Yeah, I'd just go. When homeboy's fucking skin looks like damn pizza crust all bubbling up yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's the time to leave. And I'm out. I'll Bye-bye. catch you later. Because also, too, it seems like a very incapacitating, painful thing to yeah, go like through. Yeah, like he wasn't moving anywhere. Yeah. So if you just walked out the door, he'd be like, Hang on, wait. Hang on, hang on. Hey, I'm almost you see this. The tail's about to come out. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long-lasting procedure. I think that if I was a werewolf that was about to prey on somebody or another, yeah. I'd probably do my changing outside, then bust in. Definitely. Just, yeah, because that's what he did with Terry. Yeah. Like, he obviously knew, like, I'm going to kill Terry. Like, but, okay, so they're, they they seem to have had a plan to turn Karen into a werewolf. Yeah. So may, But, like, he doesn't seem to be in on the plan with everybody. He's so, a wild card. Yeah, he's a wild card. So it makes sense for the plot in the movie, but it doesn't make sense for the character to act that way. How fucking creepy is Eddie? I think he's Extremely. like probably creepier as a human than a fucking werewolf. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He is fucking disturbing. Yeah, he's played by Robert Picardo, who is awesome. Who's also in the Burbs, uh, and also in um, Star Trek Voyager. Oh, he was the um, hologram doctor. You don't say. You've seen him in a million things though. He's in Total Recall and all sorts of stuff. He's oh, a great no actor. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's great in this. He is so mm. convincingly fucking scuzzy and creepy and threatening. And he gets to have a bunch of different looks in this. You know, we have, like, plain Eddie. We have werewolf Eddie. And uh-huh. then we also have one of the fucking highlights, burnt by acid. Yeah, that's like, oh, Eddie. my gosh. Oh, God, Okay, man. so we should talk about who did the effects and, and kind of what happened here. I said earlier that uh, that uh, Rick Baker was originally attached to this and, like, they used some of his designs and yeah. stuff. But when he got asked to do American Werewolf, he left Rob Botton behind, who Rob Botton had sent him like a package of his stuff when he was 14 years old. Jesus Christ. And Rick Baker hired him immediately. 14. Yeah. He's considered like a, a, a special effects genius. Just he he had it figured out. He was 21 mm-hmm. when he did this movie. Yeah. What the fuck? It's amazing. Like, I was, like, super stoked to write a sick riff when I was 21. Right. And he's just like, oh, I'll just make this werewolf be comparable to the guy I was just working for. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, that's that's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Like, I, I read that that age stat there way after I watched the movie, and I was like, I cannot believe yeah. how fucking good he already was. Mm-hmm. How do you practice this? How do you practice this? I don't know. He, I mean, he and Savini both just grew up. 
figuring it out. Like insane. It's insane. Yeah, but there are these people out there who just they get it. They get it immediately. Yeah. They get it and they can do it better than anyone else. So dude, Rob the effects stuff, of this that that acid face though is the best. I think uh, not yeah. not that anything anything wrong with the werewolf stuff that acid thing just looks so real it looks so fucking real you can yeah. see his jaw through like yeah. his melted skin and shit mm-hmm. but also he's still talking and moving yes. and has facial articulation it's crazy he's got that one eye socket that's like all dark uh-huh. and shit holy fuck man that really took me by surprise that was honestly kind of comparable to like you know when you think about american werewolf you're thinking about the werewolf and shit like that but then right. you've also got the ghost buddy that's yeah, constantly buddy, who's just like decomposing yeah. and stuff. And those special effects are also yeah. utterly insane. Yeah. That's kind of how this struck me where I was like, yeah, the werewolf parts are sick, but this guy with his face burnt off? Yeah. Holy shit. It's awesome. Looked absolutely amazing, man. But that's not the only great looking special effect in this movie. It no. is covered, dude. That scene where... Is it Terry that's running from the werewolf and ends up in that shack where the arm yeah. is like grabbing through yeah, and she Terry, cuts and it she off? She cuts it off and then it it like transforms back to human. Dude. That's really cool. I love too that they kind of like wrote it in that the werewolves can regenerate given enough yes. time. That's also kind of like Monster Squad where the yeah. werewolf gets like blown up but he kind of like reforms. Yeah. They have to be killed specifically by silver bullets, fire. Which is why that that yeah. old guy's like, I just want to jump in the fire at the start of that. Yeah, he see, I he's interesting, like because when you go back and rewatch it, you know he's a werewolf and you know what he's talking about, but it's also like still not clear. Yeah, like what is why is he and and I guess it from what I could gather, it's that he's tired of the life they have where they live in this community and eat beef yeah instead of human he wants that real human right meat is what he wants he wants to go back to the old ways yeah the old ways so he's, he's willing to just jump on a fire instead <laughs> of continuing to eat beef. i can't continue these <laughs> substandard meals just keep eating steak every single day <laughs> am i even alive anymore <laughs> poor guy yeah i think i think all that's interesting though that they've Obviously formed this commune to keep themselves safe and they're they're like they have they're farming beef and stuff. Yeah. Like all of that's just kind of background though. Like it never focuses entirely on the exposition except to give us Chris and Terry getting second hand exposition. So we're never getting like the full first hand account of all of this. We're kind of getting yeah. they're they're getting information and it's some of it applies, some of it doesn't. There's some werewolf politics going mm-hmm. on in that commune there for sure, right? Yeah, there definitely are. And I, I would I, I would like to have seen a sequel that went further on that. It, we never got that. But yeah. like it obviously sets up a good franchise type of thing where there's so much they could have explored sure, and so much they could have made interesting. I was so giddy to find out that this is a secret werewolf cult movie. Yeah. Where it wasn't her cool. being attacked by this one lone wolf and then being sent away to this self-help place yeah. and still continuing to be you know, attacked both by her memories of the assault and by literal werewolves. Yeah. But to find out that like actually this is an entire like fucking cult. Yeah. I love a fucking secret cult movie, as you yes. know. Yes, you so do. a secret werewolf cult? Count me the fuck in, mm-hmm. man. Especially ones that do some blood sugar baby sex, sex magic, magic. Yeah. werewolf magic transform yeah. magic this is our second straight 
werewolf movie yeah. that has a cult in it, but this was a specifically a werewolf cult of werewolves. <laughs> and I, that, I think, is radder. Even though we talked about how cool the shape-shifting lizard yeah. people and wolf cop are, just, you know, this is simpler. It's a simple, like, you don't even need extra stuff. You've got the werewolves. What if you got a werewolf witch? What if you got a werewolf guy who's, like, half animal all the time? Fuck what yeah. if you got a whole fucking community of werewolves and actually they're a cult? You're like, going to have a good that's time. That's really cool. Also, second week in a row, we've had some werewolf fuck scene going on. Yes. I'm going to miss it next week. That's true. Next week's pick, I don't believe, has any. Zero werewolf fucking. Oh, yeah. man. Aww. What do you think about that werewolf sex scene that we got going on it here? Was, okay, so up to a point, it's really good. Yes. And then it becomes a cartoon. Uh, I was going to say, and that point is... When it becomes a cartoon, yeah. Um, I liked everything that was going on. They they lay down by the fireside mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, and like as they're banging, they're progressively getting like more hairy and pointy. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit! It goes on a long time yeah, it does. too, and they're just getting more and more feral. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. And then you're right, you have that, you know, zoom out shot where it's like really pretty shitty animation. <laughs> yeah. Of them transforming up to the sky. It would have been better yeah. if they just would have done like a pan from you know the the trees up to the moon, and they had two howls. That yeah, been that fine. would have been better. Keep Wouldn't it simple. didn't even need that animation. Bit. No, yeah. the, the animation stands out to me as really bad because mm-hmm. obviously there's a big mix of practical and animatronic, and even stop motion in this. Yeah, there's some killer. stop motion that looks fine. It looks great, and like. When I saw it, I immediately recognized it as stop motion and also was like, actually, that looks really good. It's pretty fucking cool, man. Apparently, they filmed a lot more stop motion for this and just decided not to use it, but Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of mainly there at the very end where they're driving off and there's the three werewolves in the road. They're like, shit. Where are you going? Shake a fist. Dang it. Wolf dang. Wolf dang. Whatever they would say. (laughs) You know, wolf shit. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that super cute werewolf that she turns into at the end? <laughs> she looks adorable. She does. She's like a Pekingese or a Sharpay or something. Just yeah. Like. <laughs> so apparently in D. Wallace's contract, she said that she didn't want to appear as a werewolf, and if she had to, it had to not look disgusting and gross and mean. So apparently this is a D. Wallace thing. Okay. But I also, again, through the narrative of like not believing women who have been through these horrible traumas. Right. I don't know if that also kind of works to be like, oh, yeah, well, she turns into a world, but she's kind of cute. It wasn't even yeah. that bad. <laughs> kind of want to pet her. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, how bad is it? Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if that's also kind of working towards that narrative mm-hmm. just as a happy accident. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know she requested that, but it also when I saw it, I was like, oh, they didn't want to make her ugly. <laughs> well, also, apparently, too, there's there's other stuff like that ha- that happened during the production, like the... The Marsha witch, Marsha, uh-huh. Marsha, Marsha. Mm-hmm. Um, she requested not to do any nude scenes in the movie. Oh no! Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we'll put some bushes and stuff in front of you." Oh, and they just didn't. Well, that's not cool. That's not really at cool at all. Yeah, that seems to be kind of going against the narrative that the movie I think yeah. is trying to portray, but maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe it's a producer's <laughs> calling, not Joe Dante's, but that's fucked, man. Yeah. What do you think about the werewolf transformation? That's obviously kind of the highlight of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it is, and it, it's great. It, it's great. The I do have a problem. It's too long because I think they saw like how great it really looked, and they just yeah. wanted to showcase it. They had the special effects boner, yeah. for sure. But it, it's too long, and in fact, they showed too much, maybe. Yeah. Like, when they showed the eyes like rolling around, they actually... 
they look unnatural. They look fake. They look puppety. They sat on it for a little yeah, while, didn't and they? And they shouldn't have. Yeah, if they cut away from that a little bit quicker, like and maybe just show some more quick cuts of it rather than long, lingering shots. Yeah. But they it did look so good awesome. that I get it. Looks so good. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's kinda like what you said a second ago with how impractical it is that this guy is changing for three minutes in front of his victim. A perfect time to show at least, you know, the genesis of some of that transformation would have been during that sex scene. Yes. You know, where yeah. like maybe we see them and they're they're banging and their skin's getting all bubbly and weird, kind of some body yeah, horror. Show kinda, some of that. Like slither kind of shit. And then later you, know? you can do it more quickly. Yeah. Because you've already shown some. But again, that has to do probably with the slow reveal they wanted to do of actually before you ever get to see the full werewolf, you just get to see these like transition moments or just like an arm or just like uh, something in the bushes like that final post one hour reveal of the full werewolf works so well in that moment that if you'd kind of seen it shown in the transition it would maybe maybe be one of those like maybe. maybe people would have expected it quicker then if you've already shown some of the transition it's like okay so then where's the fucking let's see it yeah yeah yeah, I get I that, know. man. I get that. What do you think about the soundtrack guiding us through this thing? It seems cheesy to me. Man, <laughs> honestly, like as much as there's a lot of things about this movie that I, I really enjoy, that soundtrack is all over the map. It yeah. kind of felt like they were like, we have scraps from like, you know, eight of the last movies that we've made as a studio. Yeah. Uh, just put them all in this movie. Just whatever. The yeah. tone is all over the place. So apparently the guy that did the soundtrack for this um, didn't really speak a lick of English at all. Oh, well, I believe he was Italian or Spanish, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they had a guy that could like kind of communicate with them because he spoke like a little bit of Spanish and so did the soundtrack guy. Mm-hmm. He spoke a little bit of Spanish. So they kind of sat down and watched the movie and in their very broken communication, dude kind of tried to communicate to the composer how this scene should feel or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of things getting lost in translation there, but I, I wish they would have... Maybe had a few reconsiderations here because some of it feels like fucking like Ren Fair music. Yes. Some of it has like John Carpenter's 70s synth yeah. stings in it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple parts in here. I think there's a part where maybe it's when Terry's at the cabin and like fucking whatever, a cat jumps out or whatever. There's a synthesizer sting. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a fucking Moog and it's like, okay, yeah. 70s. Yeah. And then there's other just like weird, random, goofy ass music in this. Yeah. And like, the melodramatic moments have that just super cheesy sort of melodramatic soap opera type of sound to it. Like, yeah, it never has like a consistent feel to it. And it's like, it is, it's like a scene by scene sort of thing where it's like, okay, what, what do they want in this scene? Oh, you're telling me this in broken Spanish. Okay. I'll say back to you in broken Spanish, (laughs) what I think it should be. Oh, we don't really get each other here. (laughs) This. <laughs> Here's that. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem Some like goofy that, organ where, music for this. Whatever. Yeah, where there's just not enough like communication with the person doing the music to get some sort of consistent tone to it. Because the yeah. tone is and the music kinda hurts the tone. As I said before, tone is a little all over the place with scene to scene. The music doesn't help that. Right. I get that. It's a little bit it's a little bit manic in terms of just like it's all over the map mm. tonally and stuff. And, you know, comparing it to American Werewolf that has, like, a very specific chosen... Moon soundtrack. songs. Yeah, moon songs. We're <laughs> going with moon songs. We're sticking with moon songs. And it works for the tone of the movie. Yeah, I get that, man. 
So one thing that kind of struck me as odd is that, you know, we have the second to last scene where she goes on the news, does her like werewolf reveal, talks about this secret society that is, you know, abusing people and stuff. Really just impactful, fucking dark, dramatic ending. Uh huh. And then we kind of have that epilogue back at the old, uh, back at the old watering hole. Right. With the feller ordering himself up a pepper steak. Uh-huh. And then for the lady at the end of the bar, what will she have? She'll have a hamburger. Rare. Yeah, because she's a werewolf. Yeah. What do you think about that? Was that I mean, needed? it set up a sequel. Is what is kind of what I felt like it was supposed to be doing is setting up a sequel, but we never got that sequel, so uh, I don't know what the purpose of it was. I mean, it really did seem to be more about the conversation had by the men about whether or not it was real or not until you show her, and then it's like, okay, is this that all that it says to me is, oh, there'll be a part two with her? Sure. Um. Yeah. I. I, I don't think it. I don't think it does much beyond that, but it, it also like then lingers on the 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 hamburger steak being made. <laughs> I was I so think it was disappointed. Just a short in order it. cooks, man. She ordered that thing rare, and that guy didn't give a fuck. No, he I'm did not. He was cooking that thing. way too long. He pressed it down instantly. Get them juices it was out like of there. Half gray and half like nice crispy. I. What was he doing with that thing? I can't imagine going to a restaurant in 1981 and just having to choke that food down. <laughs> I bet you it was probably not lovely. No, probably not. When do you think the last time that flat top got washed was? Well, Never. Yeah, I mean, you want you want a good season flat season top, thing. but you do need to you need you need to clear that thing off every night. Think you they need- have a lot of gluten free options. I mean steak. Steak, yeah. Pepper <laughs> yeah. steak. Just have a spade to have your pepper steak. No gluten. <laughs> Does this have gluten in it? What the fuck is gluten? <laughs> yeah, that's what people that's would what say it, in 1981. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying about the tone being all over the place, because really, if you think about it, you know, you do have Karen and Bill who are in this kind of soap opera y thing. Chris and Terry seem to be on like a, a, a crime drama. Yeah putting together the pieces, solving the clues kind of thing. And then you have the old guys who are in kind of a more wacky comedy. I will say, like, given the... And again, honestly, it's probably perceived narrative that I'm looking at here right. about um, about women and sexual assault and stuff like this. I think it would have been a lot more impactful if instead of, like, a man coming and saving the day, I do wish it was Terry instead mm-hmm. coming in and fucking blasting ass with silver bullets and stuff at the end. I think that would have been, that would have been a stronger a better, ending. Yeah, yeah. If if Terry... They wouldn't have believed that in 1981, though. No, because women don't have muscle. No, they can't load a gun. They no can't muscles. load nor shoot a gun. No. No. Yeah, that that might have been it. I really think, though, that maybe... You know, because the... The guy who kills her kills women specifically. It would have been good if she had gotten away and then been the one to do the killing. But, like, you couldn't really reverse the roles because why would the guy then attack Chris other than he's just found his cabin? Yeah. But, yeah, I think you're right. That would have been a better ending. If that's what they're trying to say anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I fully know I might be looking into this and seeing something that's not there sure. just through the lens of... 2021. Yeah, it's 40 years later. Yeah. But I like to think that this is a movie about, you know, again, why you should believe the victims yes. of terrible things and why you should take their trauma seriously and how so many people 
don't and how so many people put women in harm's way yeah. and don't give a fuck about it because they don't think it's a big deal and they don't take it seriously. Yeah, they don't see women as human. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. I yeah. guess so. So maybe that's there. Maybe it's not. Gosh, I really like this movie, dude. Yeah, it's a good movie. I, I mean, obviously, you've got to compare it to American Werewolf. It came out right there in yeah. the same year. But at the same time... You don't have to. They're not. Yeah, they're not the same. They're not trying to say the same no. thing at all. It's honestly no more valid than comparing this to Teen Wolf. It's like sure. they're not the same movie. They're not trying yeah. to make the same they statements whatsoever. They just have one similarity. And werewolves. That's werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's really worth comparing no, and I'm saying which one is better or whatever. Absolutely. You're right. But I do really dig this movie. Uh-huh. How do you feel about it? I, I like it a lot. Uh, it it still was one of those where rewatching it, I was like, oh yeah, I see why I saw this as slow, and I see why I was wrong as a kid. But it is still kind of slow. I feel like there are moments like I could see this being cut down by about ten minutes and being a little bit quicker. That's fair because there's so many like slower moments and things. But I think they do do a great job of setting up the reveal moment. Because you're lulled into a sense of security and lulled into a sense of boredom almost. Yeah. I kind of was like, suddenly this happened. I know what I'm going to see in this flick. They've already shown me everything they're going to show. They're going to show me some. (laughs) Here's something new. (laughs) Some fuzzy, out of focus werewolf action and a hairy arm coming through a door. Yeah. That reveal, I was not prepared for. And I think actually what I'm saying about like it being a bit too long would have worked just as fine with the uh, consistent tone. Yeah. If the tone was consistent, if the tone was leading you to be like, you, you feel like you've seen it all, but you also know you, you're not sure. Like, if, if you were really feeling on edge instead of getting these moments of kind of levity and then these moments of melodrama and then, like, the actual tense moment. If it had stayed one consistent tone, it would be better. But, man... All the werewolf stuff, all the, uh, like, uh, Terry and, and Chris doing, like, the research. I love exposition research. That's yeah. always fun to me. So, and having Dick Miller involved in that, that, yeah. that all works great. I think it's a, an awesome movie. I haven't watched it in a long time, honestly, but now I will rewatch it more more frequently, oh, I yeah. imagine. I want to watch this at Halloween. It's just oh, yeah. got such mm-hmm. a good spooky it does. vibe. It does. It has a good It's honestly one you can put on. At a Halloween party, and people could just tune into it like, holy shit, there's a goddamn seven-foot werewolf. Look the ears on that wolf. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, for me, this this is a very solid movie. I, th- I gave Wolf Cop like a six and a half or a seven. I think this is a, 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 like around there, but a little bit better because it's got more serious and, and actual like frightening werewolf oh, yeah. bit to it. So I'd say this is like a seven and a half. Word. I get yep. that, man. Yeah, I like this a lot. Again, I really love the whole message that this movie puts out there as far as like it begins with that, you know, TV static and stuff is giving right. this this media perspective. Uh-huh. You know, it's like it's definitely there to show us like this is how we consume things. This is how we perceive things is through the television. Right. Kind of like poltergeisty in yes. a way, you know. And it starts with that TV psychologist talking immediately about repressing urges. Yeah. Almost trying to normalize the fact that these urges are natural. These are right. a part of us. This is okay yeah. in a way. Got to let the wolf out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, which again, is also a part of fucking modern society where we almost seem to have, you know, accepted the fact that males specifically are more likely to commit sex crimes and do 
horrible things. Yeah, for some reason we're just like, yeah, that's normal and and well, how dude, it is. It's yeah. it's like how we fucking teach girls that you should fucking hold your keys in between your hands and punch somebody in the fucking nuts. And, and we stuff. don't take the time to teach boys, hey, don't attack people. Hey, maybe that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like we've just subconsciously accepted that, like, well, sexual va- violence is something that men do a lot. Yeah, so it's gonna happen. Get ready Be for prepared it, for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I feel like there is this attitude of the normalization of the horrible, awful things that mm-hmm. males are capable of and how nobody cares. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's I think a really right. cool thing to explore in a werewolf movie. And again, the whole crying wolf perspective right. of women who have been victims of sexual assault. Not being believed. Not being believed and mm-hmm. not being taken seriously. I love that they explored this in the guise of a werewolf movie. I mean, a werewolf is the beast within. Right. It's the person that can walk around by day and look totally normal and be a senator, mm-hmm. be your you know, fucking waiter at a restaurant, whatever. Right. But by night, a beast comes out and they do terrible, terrible things. Right. I feel like this is a perfect way to kind of explore that sexual assault narrative and yeah. stuff that this movie, I think, touches on. It does. Again, the book more so, apparently. I've not read mm-hmm. the book, but maybe I'll check it out eventually. But I like that this goes somewhere different other than just typical, man, change at night, become werewolf, kill people, bad. We stop. W- wolf's bane. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. It goes a little bit deeper than I would have expected a 1981 yeah, werewolf movie to do. So I commend it for that. I think D. Wallace is fucking awesome. Yeah, she's great, dude. Also, too. P.S. Go check out her IMDb sometime. She's got like two hundred and fifty credits or something. She she's always doing something. She's been in so many horror movies and stuff. So too. many, yeah. dude. We actually debated about doing like a best of D. Wallace preview. And I Palace. did. I did have them, but. I noticed that my best of had critters on it, and I was like, I don't know if this is such a great best of. <laughs> critters is fine. She's in House of the Devil, dude. She, she's in she's in House of the Devil, which was my number one. Whenever you mentioned the best, that. Yeah. I mean, she's not in it a lot, but yeah, that movie's the fucking best, yeah, it is. dude. Awesome. I really like this flick. The transformations and stuff are absolutely insane. I love the pacing. I love mm-hmm. the grimy look, and also the spooky look once they get out in the woods yeah. and stuff. I just love all of it, man. I think this is a really cool flick. As you said, soundtrack, tone, and some of the, is it dramatic, is it comedic kind of tone throughout the movie. Yeah, that could be refined a little bit, but for a 1981 werewolf movie, I think it's fucking great. I'm going to give this like an eight. Yeah. I really like this a lot, man. Yeah. One of my favorite werewolf movies ever, honestly. Awesome. And again, I might just be in the honeymoon phase right now because I just watched it once. The honeymoon phase. There we go. And because, you know, again, I ran it on Amazon. I only had like 48 hours, so I didn't, right. I didn't watch it a second time. Maybe right. if I watched it a second time, I would see more of the inconsistencies you're talking Maybe. about. But for first time, I Fucking like it. awesome. It's yeah. an eight for me, man. Mm-hmm. We're going to be reviewing a real normal movie next week. Yeah, that's Real true. normal. Uh, but, uh, of course, it's the Patreon pick. So if you want to find out what it is, mm-hmm. you got to watch the video. Yeah. And That's the right. video, I'm telling you, it's just is the same as all the other ones. Masterpiece. Except the one where I did the Macho Man Randy Savage impression. We'll be able to do those like in person. <laughs> Holy again. shit, yeah. Yeah, you I guess had we could have done this one in person. Yeah, I guess so. It was really more about having a title to send to Roger. Because guess what? 
Roger's going to be on. The notorious RDM, and I, I have a feeling we're all going to be day drunk as shit yeah. by the time we start recording. Well, so. it's going to work perfect for the movie, so. I think that it might. <laughs> I think that it might. Who knows? I'm excited to watch this and again, so be sure to check out that YouTube yep. channel and find out about that one as well as follow us on the social media. Uh-huh. At Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can go to Linktree forward slash dead and lovely to find all of our links including our patreon link patreon.com forward the slash dead one. and lovely go over there become a patron you get access to our patreon exclusive episodes by the way roger's gonna be on the patreon exclusive boom. episode as well boop, boop. anyway um you become a five dollar patron though you get to throw a, a movie into the smoking bowl and we randomly draw from that smoking bowl Hell and yeah, then we review that movie say what head on over there it could be yours even for just a low cost of a buck a month for those bonus episodes. Five mm-hmm. bucks a month gets you that um, entry into the bonus mm-hmm. smoking bowl. Yes, sir. Yada, yada. Check it out. Sign up today. And rate and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else mm-hmm. you can review a podcast. Just takes you a second. Helps us out a ton and doesn't cost you a damn. Nope. Not even a nickel. Not even a nickel. Mm-hmm. You can do it for cheap as free. So be sure to go over there and do that. Seriously, we need more reviews. More we reviews. We need more reviews. Do it. Get but in there. only good reviews. If you want to yeah. go review and you're like, I think I'm going to give them a one star. You don't need to review. Stick that up your ass. Yeah, you don't need to review. Why that. have you listened to this far? Right? <laughs> what? I don't get it. And be sure to tune in next week for the newest installment of Dead and Lovely here with the host with the most, Uncle Ben. And Hollywood Steve. We'll catch you guys later. We've been fantastic. You've been Dead and Lovely. So as you were trucking it mm-hmm. into Castle Petler here to record yeah. this episode, my wife and I, we was peeping on you <gasps> through the window glass. We oh, were yeah? staring you down. We was like, hey, I know that feller. Look mm-hmm. at him stomping on that street. Stomp, stomp, stomp. And I noticed something about your stompers. They're covered up in shoes, and it's like 100 degrees out there. Yeah. And I got thinking about it. I don't think I've ever seen Sandal Steve. Yeah, I don't wear sandals. Why? Um, Show us them toes, boy. Show them to us. I don't. Okay, so I get ingrown toenails. Okay, it's so a thing. I have to grow my toenails out. Okay, I cannot let them Howard Hughes style be short. Well, not that long, <laughs> but they have to grow out um, so that they don't grow in. Uh, also, my pinky toenail falls off. Oh yeah, yeah, I get that. I've got yeah. like the it's barely there. Is it there or is it mm-hmm. not? Little toenail. Intelligent design, my ass, man. But also, come on, man, sandals. Hell yeah. What? I'll get I, there and I'm stomp not around. embracing my old manness. I'm embracing short shorts, and you do not wear short shorts and sandals. Why the hell not? Because it counteracts the two. It you takes all dude. the sexy of the short shorts and uh, directs it down to the sandals where no one will ever fuck you. I was going to say, if you go out there with some short <laughs> shorts and you're also strutting them ankles and toesies around, you might start a sex fire. That's Okay, that's possible. Barefoot, then. I'm going to go barefoot this summer. That's a good move. (laughs) I'll barefoot Steve Spratlin.